0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com upgrade.
1: Hey, what's up? And welcome to Serious Issues, a comic book podcast recorded every week... At Kings Comics in Sydney uh, With two fantastic hosts One of them is named Siobhan Coombs That's me And I am Andrew Levins Every week we read all the comics that everyone publishes We read them, we review them for you on this podcast So you know which are the good ones that you should be reading too We kick off every episode by uh, re- reviewing all of the new number ones that came out last week And uh, we call that segment First Things First And we're going to launch right into it right now Siobhan Amazing did you read Monsters Unleashed? From I sure Marvel?
2: did. I sure did. So this is
1: a, a fun little week to celebrate the legend that is Jack Kirby. Uh, he popped up in quite a few books this week. Uh, in fact, uh, even like there's a Justice League book that I read late, uh, le- that we're going to review mm. later, and like it was like on like Kirby Lane. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have like yeah like very small mentions of him there. To um, they actually republished a bunch of his stuff mm-hmm. from DC we'll be talking about later. But uh, Monsters Unleashed is a semi kind of dumb fun event comic that marvel are putting out that doesn't really seem to tie in to that many titles they're doing a few like weird little spin-offs but essentially a bunch of weird kirby-esque monsters have been unleashed in the marvel universe and it's up to the various teams and superheroes all around the world to take these monsters down
2: yeah i mean this is definitely like dumb fun is what this is you yeah. know <laughs> like i like i really like that it doesn't Like, um, the Avengers teams or the teams that we see fighting the monsters are basically what we have in continuity. But I like that this basically ignores anything else that is going on in the Marvel Universe and just is this event.
1: Totally. And it's almost like they've grabbed it at this moment in time. Like, you know, the Inhumans are the Inhumans. The X-Men are the Mm X-Men. You see the Guardians as they are. Like, everyone... It's, it's ignoring all the other continuity it's having yeah. right now. It just is his own thing that can exist in this bubble that we can remember this, this era of Marvel heroes by. Um, it's written by Cullen Bunn. Art's by Steve McNiven. Art is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Steve McNiven drawing big monsters is pretty incredible.
1: The first half of this comic book uh, kind of just shows all the monsters appearing in various parts of the world and um, different members of the Marvel Universe all the different heroes banding together to try and take down these monsters and, and try and figure out why they're appearing, what's making them appear. Um, and then uh, the second half, uh, we are reintroduced to a character that um, has appeared. She's been in a bunch of stuff. What's the name? Like Elsa.
3: I'm not super familiar with Elsa her.
1: Bloodstone. Right. She, okay. she was in a, I remember reading one of the, um, one of the Battleworld spin-offs. That yeah, That was really right. good that she was in. And, uh... Yeah, I wish I knew more. <laughs> I mean,
2: she's basically like, she's a monster hunter, right? That's exactly. kind of her deal.
1: And, and, and comes from a long lineage of monster hunters. Mm. Um, and uh, most exciting about this is um, there is a kid who, who is constantly drawing sketches that they kind of cut to and from throughout the book. And um, it, it, somehow he has summoned, because when, when I heard about this Monsters Unleashed event, I was like, oh, cool. This is just going to be a really fun um, thing with like Man-Thing and fin Fang foom mm. but it's almost similar to Batman and the Monster Man the recent DC event where it's just yeah. like these big gross monsters stomping around
2: I mean there's like there is also Fin-Fan-Foom and <laughs> at, at the
1: end that's what it means and so I was like why why isn't it just fin Fang foom yeah. and then he, he does show up at the end summoned by this uh, young cartoonist
2: yeah I mean I sort of feel like the like kid Doing drawings that come to life thing has definitely been done before, so I was a little bit like, nah, "That sucks." <laughs> but then Finn Fang Boom's showed up, and I was excited again. Um, I think, like, I think, I think it's really hard to balance this many characters, and Colin Bun does a pretty good job. But there's a like, there is everyone in this, yeah, and it's there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah, you know, like- I sort of hope that. We focus in a little bit more on a couple of specific characters. Like, I liked the appearance of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I feel like that that would be a thing that makes sense in this event,
1: especially because De- Devil Dinosaur is a Kirby creation. Exactly, so makes sense. Yeah, and he's a big dinosaur, so it makes sense that he <laughs> monster. fight
2: monsters. Um, but yeah, like this is this is the most fun thing that Marvel's done in a minute. Everything's a bit kind of. Doom and gloom at Marvel in terms of big events, and this is like a bit of a breath of fresh air. Just yeah, like, there's, there's no monsters.
1: There's no personal squabbles. On yeah, the table no on this one's one. like,
2: we're gonna die forever when this cloud comes, <laughs> so we all have to or, leave the Earth forever.
1: I disagree with your outlook on life. Yeah,
2: <laughs> stop punching me.
1: Uh, yeah, this is this is like big goofy fun. It's not gonna change the world. It's not even gonna make a dent in the Marvel universe. It seems. No. So I, I think it's gonna. Uh, they've actually already announced an ongoing series off the back of this event. Great. So Marvel are pretty keen that, you know, it's going to be an ongoing slice of fun. Um, I'm always up and down about Cullen Bunn. This is exactly the kind of Cullen Bunn book I want to read though. So
2: what else is he doing at the moment?
1: Um, he always kind of gets put on, he's doing a lot of stuff for the IDW, like the Hasbro range and, uh, he, he, he did a cool Magneto run.
2: I really enjoyed that by it Yeah, wrong.
1: and I love his um, creator-owned, um, over at OniPress, um, The Sixth Gun. Mm. I think it's a really fun, fun fun, book, but I find, yeah, with his superhero stuff, I, I, I never really love it. Yeah. But he's, actually, he's almost, you know, worked his up to, to being an A-lister, just from writing as much as he writes. Yeah, it's totally. Prolific.
2: And it's also kind of interesting in books like this, because he has to write, like, 20 characters. Like, I'd quite like to see him do a Black Panther book, because I think he writes a good panther. I don't think he writes a good Spider-Man <laughs> from like the one Spider-Man line. Yeah. In this, you know, so like we, it's, yeah, we see like, like
1: the Avengers take on monsters in Boston. The X-Men take on monsters in London for some reason. Um, even we- more weird is the Inhumans are in, in Venice. Venice? <laughs> <laughs> um, guardians are in Seattle. Yeah. There's Champions no, are in LA. That's right. they he covers all bases. Um, but uh, what's the most exciting thing about this is uh, Fing-Fan Foom and his cute yep. little purple shorts That's are going to show up next w- in, in the next issue. So look forward to that, everybody. I'm on board. Yeah, same. This is a kind of like no, not really high stakes event book that I like.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's almost like, you know, like the, the, all those original event books. I mean, maybe there were high stakes at the time when they came out, like Infinity Gauntlet, yeah, that kind of thing. But but rereading, there's such a kind of fun goofiness to them that they don't really seem that serious. Like, yeah, I you think... killed half the people in the world all of a sudden. Like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Man, I find the Infinity Gauntlet still, like, really scary and <laughs> really, like, intense. I love it. Um, and I think, like, because the problem with event books is that they're generally... Like, editorially mandated to fix a problem in the universe. So, totally. like, going back to, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths and that kind of stuff. So it's nice to have one that's just a bit like, whatever. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of monsters attack. Everyone fights them. Sounds great.
1: Cool. Monsters Unleashed number one. Very fun. Very enjoyable. Another Marvel number one came out this week uh, The Mighty Captain Marvel, written by Margaret Stoll, with art by, uh, is it, uh, who is it, Rosannis? Is it Rosa Rosanas? Ramon Rosanas. Oh, there you go. Um, and uh, we read the zero issue of this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, that's not really what I wanted the Captain Marvel book to be. Yeah. And unfortunately, this number one is even less what I want the Captain Marvel book to be. I've never really had a close affinity for this character, Me but I still really, really felt like the last year they've just fucked the character up so much. Yeah. Um, I liked her when she was Ms. Marvel a long while ago and then I read a little bit of Kelly Sue and she put a
2: shirt on and you were like, fuck this. No, no, I like that too.
1: I just never, I, I, what, I, what I'm saying is I should have read more of Kelly Sue DeConnick's run because people, people, people speak very really highly it. about that. People
2: love it and it has like a really devoted fan following. It never really clicked with me for some reason. I've never really loved her as a character. I don't really like, yeah, I don't know. The whole like, she has a cat.
3: <laughs> That's her superpower?
2: like I want more like her blasting stuff in space and having cool space adventures but she just seems like this really uptight army chick who's also like got all this weird like I'm a single lady with a cat I know, of course I'm
1: sassy because all Marvel female yeah. Marvel superheroes are written the same yeah uh, I,
2: not all of them but some of them
1: most of them um I find that you know we are getting a lot of relatively new to comics writers, yeah, being put on these titles, which is awesome. It's good to see so many new opportunities. But I, uh, I wish some of them, just for their first books, were being paired with maybe veteran writers or someone yeah. that could kind of yeah. like, oh, Captain yeah. I mean, Novel wouldn't say that.
3: I don't know.
2: You know what else is like? There's a couple of things in this issue specifically that were slightly annoying, like the whole storyline of. Captain Marvel's having a TV show made about her life and it's getting it all wrong. She doesn't like boys. Yeah. Like, I just... I feel like I can't think of a specific situation, but that's definitely been done before. And it's kind of... Just boring. It's just not that interesting. And also, can we stop having um, superheroines super having Beyoncé as their ringtone as, like, a shorthand for being, like, cool and sassy? Yeah,
1: Beyonce references in comic books needs to stop. Yeah, really needs put to stop. put Rihanna references in there. Rihanna, yeah, she's a better artist. She's got more more hits. <laughs> she's less <laughs> preachy. <laughs> um, but well- it just
2: like it just comes across as really tragic to me. It makes me sad. There are, like good things in this comic. Abigail Brand, Puck. Sasquatch
1: they were all in the actually now they look back on it very good Captain Marvel series that, that was started last year by the two writers who worked on um, uh, Peggy Carter series yeah 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 right like, oh yeah and that was all set in space it was all Alpha Flight like the only thing it was I think it was a bit slow that first arc but I reckon they were forced to make it slow because of fucking Civil War too. yeah totally they sabotaged that run that could have been so good and it was such a great premise and it, it just felt like a really great Marvel space book and this feels I don't know like Keep her off Earth.
2: Yeah, yeah. Keep her off Earth. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I,
1: I was like, what the fuck is with this guy's haircut?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's terrible.
1: Is that like a fryer? It's a lot tuck of weird design choices
2: in this, and the like the refugee story arc. I understand they're trying to be like relevant and contemporary, but it's just a bit.
1: Yeah, I it mean, makes me like. I, I kind of. I understand. You know, you you want young readers to be like, oh, taking in refugees is a positive thing for Absolutely. for people to do. So I get what the inclusion of that, but I just found this wasn't even heavy handed. It was just like there, like none of yeah. these, all of these things just kind of feel like they're in a in a in a in a bag together, and they got yeah. shook up. go. and, here, and here maybe it is. maybe
2: that's just like an issue one thing, and now we're gonna see something interesting happening because there's like a shapeshifter and pretending to be Captain Marvel on yeah. Earth and Look, did an explosion. It's so. only fair
1: that we give like a, a series like this maybe at least another. Um, yeah, absolutely. Another read. Oh, look! So Margaret Stohl has written the uh, Black Widow novels. Novels,
2: yeah, which, which I should, haven't checked out. Are they like
1: romance novels, or
2: no, nah, they are like spy novels. Oh, fun! Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. If, if anyone's read the Black Widow uh, novels, let us know.
2: Man, but Marvel do some weird things in terms of like marketing. Oh yes. Yeah, marketing so- stuff like they they so they had they the new thing that they're doing, which is something that came from the Black Panther series, is now they're doing like a music video for number ones. A music video? Yeah. They did that for Black Panther. And so for this one, they decided to get everyone's favourite contemporary rock band, The Pretty Reckless. Who the
1: fuck are The Pretty Reckless? It's like did that they one perform chick- at Trump's inauguration? <laughs> they look like they did.
2: It's like one chick from Gossip Girl and then like three old men. <laughs> look at
1: that guy. Man, the guy in the back who is definitely the drummer. Like... <laughs> yeah. I like the little weird little interviews of rappers and rap groups in the back of Black Panther. Like, they're so...
3: Yeah. Like,
1: uh, they're... They, they, more people would read this than would than, than an interview in a music magazine just totally. from the coverage that Marvel books get. But they are like, it, it feels like these interviews have been written up in like an, like a, you know a couple minutes. Oh shit, we've got to go to press in an hour. I got this.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
1: But anyway, if anyone cares, the pretty reckless are fans, and they don't really say specifically who. Oh no, they caught up with with the with the lead singer, Taylor yep. Mom T- Taylor Momsen, and she's yeah. a big fan of Thor, Hulk, <laughs> Avengers, Black Panther, Iron Man, X Men, Spider Man.
2: She loves Civil War series. Oh, she series. loves the Civil, loves War, Civil War series. series. So I much that because, awesomeness. like, clearly, I mean, I'm not trying to be like Taylor Momsen doesn't read comics, but Taylor Momsen doesn't read comics, guys. Maybe she does. Yeah.
1: The guy I'm, next sure, to I'm sure her Marvel with the beard. sent her,
2: like, the last month's worth of comics just to be like, pretend you like comics so you can be <laughs> in this video.
1: Um, Whatever. Well, everyone likes comics these days, Siobhan. True. It's not a niche thing anymore. No, that's true. We lost it. Um, the Ray Rebirth. We're over to DC right now. I've got a number one. The full title is Justice League of America, The Ray Rebirth, written by Steve Orlando with Jody Um and uh, art by Stephen Byrne. Oh, actually, no. Jody Hauser's name's on the front, but it's not in the actual credits of the book, so who Weird. knows what's going on? Um this is the, uh, the third in the series of kind of character reintroductions to the various characters that are going to make up the Justice League of America in, um, in the new, not to be confused with Justice League, it's the, yeah. G- the JLA book. Um, they're, they're called a different thing. The like Justice said, League of America. They're for Americans only.
3: Yeah, obviously.
1: Um, but uh, this is uh, another spotlight on a character I know nothing about. I don't think I've ever read a book with the Ray in it.
2: I feel like I must have but not enough to make an impact on me like I've read you know a I mean? shitload of DC books yeah. I'd so baffling me, you know, these up.
1: characters that I'm like who the fuck's that I'm sure
2: know. he's been in the background of like a Justice League comic or a JSA comic or something like that that
1: I've read um, so this is a cute little introduction to like uh, you know I'm sure this character was created decades ago and they've modernized it and mm-hmm. um, kind of he, he basically is like a shut-in who's allergic to light and his mother is kind of a dick um, yeah
2: she's really mean to him about the fact that he can't go in the light
1: um, and, and, and he's ruining her life uh, but mm whenever he whenever he it gets exposed to light he like kind of absorbs it and then releases it in like energy but then he can kind of go invisible his powers are vague his
2: powers are very confusing because it's like it seems like they're bad and they hurt people but then He's. Then also. Then it seems fine. Then yeah. he seems in control of it, and it's just fine. And then he can go invisible and fly around and shit.
1: I really liked the first two thirds of this, <laughs> um, where we learnt, we saw the, the Ray as a kid and yeah. him dealing with being shut in and kind of trying to work out what was wrong with him. And you find out, you know, his relationship with his mother and he keeps in touch with this one, one childhood friend mm-hmm. that can't write back to him for whatever reason. But then when it kind of suddenly, you know, cut to, you know, now, that it felt very rushed. Um, Yeah. In which he kind of jumps to the aid of his childhood friend that's now grown up and and works in the government.
2: And I guess that they're just trying to, like, they were just trying to establish the character quickly in this one issue. Yep. Um, I feel like there's so many issues with this. He is far too socially fine for someone who's spent his entire life being a shut-in with just his mum for company. Um,
1: And one, one hour of
3: television a day. One hour
2: of TV a day. And no candles on his birthday cake—the saddest childhood of all. Um, but the, I think they did a good job. Like they did a good job of introducing a diverse character whose entire personality doesn't revolve around the fact that he is a gay man. You know, like sure. that was a good. I think they did a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the art in this. I'm interested to see what happens with this character. I did. I did agree. Like, where did he suddenly get this cool superhero outfit? He like does he make it he out of it. light?
1: It, he, I guess he made it out of light.
2: Because he then makes a helmet out of nothing, which was pretty cool. (laughs) Fun powers. Yeah, I want to know more what his actual powers are.
1: Uh, Look, look, these series are are successful in that I'm actually quite looking forward to the GLA Rebirth book when it comes out. Yeah, same. Um, And it's good to kind of read read Steve, Steve Orlando books that aren't terrible. Agreed. Because you had a, small, a short run of those. <laughs> um, cool. Overway from DC right now to Image. Um, and uh, a big high-profile release for them this week is Curse Words. The new number one from uh, Charles Sewell uh, with art by Ryan Ooh, apparently Brown. apparently
2: we've been pronouncing his name wrong this whole time. Apparently it's like
1: Oh, god damn it. Yeah,
2: got told off at work.
1: But what about Soli? Charles, Soli. Charlie, Char- Soli.
2: Little old Charlie, Soli.
1: <laughs> um, Ryan Brown, you'll know for, as the uh, artist and maybe I think the writer as well from God Hates art Astronauts and um, Charles Soli. Uh, <laughs> writer of, uh, many comics, both good and bad. Yes. <laughs> many, My many comics. was that
2: She-Hulk run he did, That's I right. Think.
1: That was very good. Letter 44, Letter 44 is also very great. Mm-hmm. He did a good Swamp, swamp Thing run. hmm Um, but here he is doing a, uh, his first, um, cell phone one for Image in, in, in ever, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't quote us on that. Uh, but it is about a wizard who, uh, who comes to Earth to, destroy the earth but then falls in love with the way earth is and so decides to become like a a member and hero of earth
2: a magician for good called wizard
1: and this book uh, balances the line of the complete wackiness that we saw in ryan brown's god hates astronauts Mm -hmm. and then some quite dark moments as Mm -hmm. well as you know this is a a dark wizard who's done some heinous acts in the past um, and And
2: potentially (laughs) continues to have done some heinous things at the end, we're not like. I think. I think the overwhelming thing is he means well. Yeah. But he maybe doesn't get it right every single time.
1: Yeah. Did he miniaturize and therefore destroy an entire uh, baseball?
2: I don't know. He miniaturized stadium. it and then put it in his pocket. So I don't know. I don't know uh, what. Gotta... I don't know how these people are gonna deal with that.
1: Uh, what do you think about his beard?
2: Love it. Great beard.
1: Do you reckon he's got? That's where he gets his powers from.
2: For sure, because he didn't let them cut it off. But um, I like, yeah, I like, like, the design is pretty funny. He has, like, a stupid pompadour haircut and then, like, a big white beard and Ray-bans. glasses and, yep. like, it's like he's a cool wizard with a this abs. ain't
1: saying your grandpa's w- wizard. He's got an anthropomorphic koala. Yeah, oh, like, no, he, like, no, he's just a koala.
2: <laughs> no, it's a talking koala called Margaret.
1: That's right.
2: But that was originally a rat and then was like, I want to be a koala because people don't like rats. Change me. It's pretty cute. Like, I thought this was a good first issue.
3: Yeah, me too.
2: I thought it was funny. I liked the sort of coming to Earth to destroy things and then kind of the slow realisation that maybe it's better here than where he's come from. Um, yeah, I really I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I love there are moments of him like just kind of like on the subway eating, yeah. eating hot dogs with his massive magic staff <laughs> and a rat on his shoulder.
2: <laughs> Lying in the park.
1: I read this comic very late, and I did not even realize that the the, the that the rat becomes a koala that's funny. yeah, there's just
2: like one panel where when he's when he's changing everything and she holds
1: up oh yeah yeah and like cute koala, oh, cute koala. oh that's koala. great, awesome <laughs> yeah see there are, there are a few moments like that where you where you do have to pay more attention than your average comic yeah, yeah yeah it's one that
2: I hate those. Like, <laughs> It's a good one because Ryan Ryan what's his name Ryan Brown mm-hmm. um, is obviously good at like background gags and like detail and stuff like that. So it's worth it's worthwhile taking your time with his work, even though it is like a fun read and you could really easily fly through it.
1: Definitely, this isn't necessarily a book uh, tailor made for myself, but not all of them are. I'm still going to give this a, a couple more issues before yeah. I decide whether to stay reading it or not. Absolutely. Image put out another number one this week called "The Few," uh, written by Sean Lewis, who uh, wrote that one Saints that image book called Saints that I think is being turned into a television show about the guys who think they're saints. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, art by Hayden Sherman. Um, Man, I take back what I said about God Hates Astronauts being hard to follow at some point. This was, I don't even know what the hell happened in this book. Yeah, this is
2: a complicated read. I really, really wanted to like it because I'm very into like post- apocalyptic revolutionary kind of stuff and there the really book.
1: aren't enough comics like that <laughs> <laughs> I really like the art I can't get enough <laughs> I think uh, even though a lot of the confusion in the book came from some of the some of the panels um, I overall I really enjoyed the aesthetic um, yeah
2: it's a good book. looking book but it doesn't necessarily read great or they could have like I like being dropped in the middle of a situation, but it was hard to follow panel to panel exactly what was happening in this and who the people are and Did what's it going on. Did jump forward
1: in time a couple of times as well and cut. To there other were a things. couple, yeah. There yeah.
2: were a couple of like jump forward and back kind of things as we learn a little bit more about the lead character. Who's they sort of intro her at the end.
1: I reckon this is a wait for trade.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it might be one of those ones that um, reads just a little bit better.
1: Yep once. It's can, a bulky first issue for sure. Yeah it is. Yeah. I few.
2: think it's worth like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep having a look and at if the you, next couple of issues. And of if course, you I keep
1: enjoying it. it, I'll read the trade. Nice. Deal. But I'm I'm really cutting myself some slack now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm dropping books left, right and center this episode. You know a book I'm not going to drop, though. You
2: know what? I am going to drop. <laughs> it.
1: Uh, a couple of months ago, I reviewed the, uh, like, it was a kind of like a special one-off issue uh, of WWE. Yeah. What does that stand for? This is how little I know about wrestling.
2: World Wrestling...
1: Enterprise Environment. Environment. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure we could just read a part of this and figure out what it is, but who cares? Um well, it's funny they don't tell you what WWE stands for, but they do tell you what READ stands for. It stands for Relive, Explore, Adventure,
2: Discover. Oh, amazing!
1: And that's the wrestling wrestling book's official motto. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so uh, a while ago, yeah, um, Dennis Hopeless and um, uh, our boy Dan Mora mm-hmm. um, wrote a, a story all about um, Seth Rollins who is a wrestler. Mm -hmm. I know nothing about wrestling. This is an embarrassing thing to talk about because I just view this as like... Basically, it's this extremely um, a bunch of extremely pretty uh, wrestlers uh, going about a bunch of melodramatic stuff behind the scenes of their matches. Apparently, wrestling is really fun because it is like watching real-life superhero fights. Uh,
2: Yeah, that's why people... Okay, I was just trying to figure out if these are actual wrestlers. They are 100% are. Okay, cool. That was a big confusion for me. And I think maybe if you have... Like, I didn't, I didn't enjoy this as much as you did. I don't really know why. Like, I love melodrama. I love big, hunky dudes fighting. But this was a bit boring to me. This
1: is just, It's just so zany that, to me that this exists. Like, for me, yeah. like, wrestling is such a, like, you know, it is a profoundly macho thing. But yeah. this is such a, like, you know, like, like, wimpy, dramatic kind of, like, I've got to try harder. You, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's like, it, it's, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. Um, it kind of revolves around events in like 2014, this guy, Seth Rollins was, he used to be part of a trio and then he dogged his, his pals that he was a trio with and tried to win. And then his manager is, um, is triple H I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he's trying to like, okay, you, you can't just go and wrestle anybody. You've got to play by the rules and do what I say. And in a few years time, maybe you can get the title and, uh, Seth Rollins is like, fuck that, I want it now, and he doesn't want to play like he doesn't want to play by the rules and he gets his butt kicked a few times, but then he brings home the glory. And oh well, man, even though his manager's a little bit proud, he's also angry and beats him up. I don't know, that's funny and weird. This is just a weird anomaly that like, I don't understand why I'm into it, but I really am. And I, I think that's of wish,
2: really funny. I wish it was like Xania. Like these guys all have themes like, themed names and stuff, but they don't really go in at, Like go in on costumes. They just wear, like, leather trousers and no shirt.
1: And uh, a comic book is the perfect place to uh, just really, you know, do a lot of alliteration. Like, if Triple H only spoke with H words, that'd yeah, be that Lots would be
2: Yeah, am- oh, that would be awesome. I would love that.
1: Also, you should have just done that anyway.
2: I think if people like wrestling, this will be, like, a great thing for them. But here's the, here's
1: the thing. I don't like... Yeah, I oh, don't I, understand I, why you like... It's not, it's not that I don't like wrestling. I don't know enough about wrestling to even right. know if I like it or not. But I really enjoy this comic. Um, there's also a fun, really fun, really fun backer up by um, drawn by Rob Gilroy um, from Chew, um, written by Ross uh, Thibodeau, and um, it's uh, about the New Day, um, who are who are fun little trio of wrestlers who have gone back in time. There's your zaniness, Siobhan.
2: Yeah, but see, I didn't understand that at all.
1: Well, that was because I didn't that, know who these guys were. This is a, the, the, both of these stories are carried on from the special yeah, that yeah. last year. Yeah. Which I told you to read. I know. <laughs> Um, anyway this is the I don't know how long this. This like, at, at some point like I almost tricked myself into enjoying Power Rangers books last year let's not forget yeah. that <laughs> so at some point the glass may break and I will uh, I'll stop I'll stop enjoying this but for now this is actually a really really fun and entertaining series to me
2: yeah I think it's like I think there's nothing wrong with it I think it's just not for me you know
1: and
3: uh,
1: I was a bit bummed that Dan Mora um, wasn't going to st- stay around and do uh, yeah if he'd done
2: interiors maybe I would feel differently but,
1: but I, the, instead it was done by Serge Akuna. And the, they're awesome. Like, he he, he, he does really, really mimics um Morris style, but gives it his own twinge. It's awesome. Hmm. I thought the art was really really great. Good stuff. Love wrestling. Big wrestling. It's an official wrestling podcast. <laughs> um, should we review Stalinverse thing? Yeah. Or uh, commandi.
2: Let's do Stalinverse first.
1: Uh, Divinity number three is an event happening over at Valiant at the moment. It, it's all about uh, what if Russia is the main power in the world and they have all the superheroes. Yeah, and, because um,
2: Divinity went back in time and changed various important events so that now the Soviet Union are, like, the the global superpower and, like, uncontested, they're the big dogs.
1: So um, that means that all of the Valiant heroes are now Russian. Yeah. Um, and so we had a bloodshot Stalinverse one-shot la- um, last month, mm-hmm. and this time we've got Arik, who is one of the Exo Manowar guys, and he is Russian. And uh, it's written by Joe Harris, art uh, by um, Kafu, Mm-hmm. And Andrew dollhouse um i uh I didn't get too much out of the main story of this, but what I did really like was Ooh, this the
2: backup story freaky
1: backup story that about great uh cost cost costy the Deathless, which is written by Matt Kent yes um and uh it was about like a a woman masquerading as a man who gets exposed to a relic and then her, her body decays over once the course month. of a year or is it a month
2: it's like so the thing is like every month her flesh and like all of her flesh sort of disappears and she becomes like this crazy energy skeleton that can fly and stuff i think it's like a weird period metaphor but i'm really into it
1: lunar cycle it's a lunar cycle
2: oh right okay i thought it was like yeah once a does month. the moon once a month her body degenerates and her flesh and organs slough off
1: and she becomes yeah
2: yeah i really enjoyed that i'm Keen to see that character Pop up, pop back up And I thought the main story Was also
1: Good Yeah but I was like I was like I think that's a crazy concept the, Yeah totally And because I feel like Tom King's Batman That number one Of Rebirth With Calendar Man Regenerating every Yeah Calendar month or whatever I, I kind of I, really, I was really hoping They were going to go somewhere with that But I didn't think it was just like this weird cool idea For the first issue mm. um, This reminds me a little bit of that um, And I was way more intrigued By the four page backup Than I was the main Main story
3: Yeah
2: yeah, I'll pay
1: that. Um, still,
2: I'm enjoying all this Stalinverse stuff.
1: Russians are cool, guys. Russians we love cool. them. We love those Russians.
2: Man, I do love a subtle, like, like a really unsubtle um, interpretation of communism in a comic book. It's
1: the best. <laughs> um, finally, uh, there was a re-release this week. Um, basically, uh, DC are really celebrating Joe Kirby this year by doing Jack a new... Kirby. What did I say, John Kirby? You
3: said
1: Joe Kirby. Joe Kirby. Uh, well, the last book was written by Joe Harris. Right. Cut me some slack. Never. I know. Um, I I have to go back and edit that. I'm not even going to edit, guys. I'm real. We're real. We all make mistakes in this world. Big mistakes, and and not all of us should have our comic book podcast confiscated from us because of those mistakes. Um, Commandy was a uh, a Jack Kirby creation that he created for DC. A lot of people uh, immediately when they think Jack Kirby think of all the things he created for Marvel, including uh, you know your Fantastic Fours, your Captain Americas, Mm -hmm. all that all that gear, all that 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 good gear, um, all the cool space stuff. But the
2: crazy creative stuff he did at DC, I think, is like... That's my favorite Jack Kirby. Like, Oman um, yeah. Commandy, the New Gods. Like, all that stuff is just, like, so wildly imaginative that I just... Like, I. there's no one else like... There never has been anyone else like Jack Kirby. So, you know?
1: what's really cool about this book is that it collects um, a couple of stories that... I mean... I, I've had to critique one thing: none of these stories tie into each other, um, yeah. and like it, it, they all end on cliffhangers, and then just suddenly goes to another story that has nothing to do with what we've read. Um,
2: but every story is gold,
1: especially the ones drawn by Jack. Yeah, there's some incredible stuff. There's uh, there's there's talking anthropomorphic dogs and lions mm-hmm. and gorillas, and there's wars on beaches and sand monsters and space beings. Uh, I can't tell you like a fucking thing about what Commandi is, though.
2: <laughs> He's just the last boy on Earth, right? He's just like all the other humans have kind of devolved and are now seen as animals as opposed to like the sort of anthropomorphized actual walking, talking gorillas and tigers. And he's the last one who kind of talks and speaks and is functioning because he was hiding underground with his grandfather.
1: So the reason DC have put this out is they are, to celebrate um, Kamandi. they are doing a, a book called...
2: The Commandy Challenge.
1: So, this book itself is called Commandy Challenge. This is
2: Commandy Challenge special. special. Right. Issue one. Yeah, confuse me as well. Because oh. the Commandy Challenge is going to be a bunch of big name comic book creators doing their own Commandy story and leaving it on a big cliffhanger. And then um, the, the next creative team have to do the next issue. So, it's kind of this cool, weird round robin sort of thing.
1: So, you've got Dan Abnett and Dale Eaglesham, Peter Tomasi and Neil Adams. Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, James Tinney and the fourth and Carlos Deander, Bill Willingham and Ivan Reyes, uh, Steve Orlando and Philip Tan, Marguerite Bennett and Dan Jurgens, Keith Giffen and Steve Rude, Tom King and Kevin Eastman, Greg Pack and Joe Parado, Rob Williams and Walter Simonson, Gail Simone and Ryan Sook.
2: I love Ryan Sook. What's that? I'm excited to see Ryan
1: Sook. Yeah, yeah. He did some stuff this week too. Um, And Len Wein and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Um... So there is some uh, incredible talent yeah. in there, and, and the idea of them doing it—they're all forty-page issues, um, with ending on a big cliffhanger that the next team has to address. I
2: think it's so fun. That's such a fun concept and such a fun idea, and such a cool way to honor honor one of Kirby's like most enduring creations.
1: Hopefully, they keep doing it with different Kirby creations. Yeah. Although, was was the commandy Challenge like a thing that that Kirby used to do?
2: I don't think so. Not right. like not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. i am Not. I'm not the world's biggest Kirby expert, but... Um,
1: you certainly know more about uh, Joe Kirby than I do. <laughs> uh, pick up Commandy Challenge if you want a little bit of insight into this character before uh, the Commandy Challenge starts this week at yeah. DC.
2: Also, just to pick up some classic Kirby. Yeah. He's the best. He's the best. You, like, open
1: the first page and you're like, oh, yeah, this just looks, like, looks like any other old comic, and then suddenly there are just some ridiculously good panels.
3: and uh, Yeah,
2: and just, like, he was so bonkers. Like, even... Like the Newsboy Legion stuff, like even the more mainstream stuff he did at DC was just so, so nuts and never went in a direction that you expected, and like it's so brilliant.
1: Kirby's the best.
2: Kirby's the best. Kirby's the king.
1: Um, you, do you have a Kirby badge? Is that what you have? I have a, <laughs> like a pin. I
2: have one of those badges that's like the four names, and it's like Kirby, Eisner, Toth, and there's one other person.
1: I can't remember who the other Some other Got a supernova. It was excellent. Was Confiscated cool. podcast. She knows nothing about comic books, everybody. <laughs> um, so the final number one that we're going to review this week is uh, one I was given today in oh, right, uh, yes. Parramatta Westfield's food court. Uh, so I was reading comics in the food court, as I do uh, on Mondays before the show, just mm-hmm. to finish the last of my comics. Uh, and uh, someone came, a lady and her nephew came up to me because I was reading a comic and they gave me a comic. And um, they Very said generous. they said that um, the the like her nephew's father, his her, her her son had drawn a comic a few years ago, and here it is, and it's called Fair Dinkum, and it's a free comic. Um, it is a rough paraphrase of the Book of James from the Bible. There you go, featuring Fair Dinkum, who is a uh, a swag man in overalls with a love heart and a crucifix in the middle of the love heart and he has corks on his hat and a big old beard. Australia. I love paraphernalia, propaganda. Oh yeah. All this kind of stuff. Um I I went I went to a Catholic school mm-hmm. and uh there was this great period of time where like people like 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 nut jobs would come and visit us or we'd go on like a, a retreat and on the way to the retreat someone would come and like rap at us like like singing like on the acoustic guitar like rap songs about god
2: yeah they'd be like look guys we have skateboards and donuts also jesus
1: um but my favorite are are comic books that i got from 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 those weird experiences because there is actually like especially in this like some pretty decent talent on display yeah this is
2: like a nicely printed comic and like cool art it's actually interesting
1: yeah it's what's most hilarious about this book is which is entirely like you know like uh, references from a new testament Uh, Book, but put into Uh,
2: like Australian.
1: Yeah, but the 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 artwork is so obviously inspired by Robert Crumb, who is decidedly not not religious in the slightest.
2: I mean, he did release that Genesis book that made people very cross.
3: Oh, really? I didn't see that one.
2: Yeah, it was like this huge. That was like when he didn't end up coming to Australia because people were protesting um, because he did the book of Genesis and just took a really, really literal but, like, gross crumb interpretation of the book of Genesis. Right. So, like, all of the gross stuff that happens in Genesis, all of the killing and the sex and the Circumcision. rape and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, he just did a very, very explicit version of that and people got really upset. Right. Classic crumb.
1: Classic crumb, everybody. But, uh, yeah, it was it's funny to see, like, yeah, a lot of figures look look straight out of, like, a, you know, what um classic crumb kind of strip. I mean, uh, there's
2: not, like, the classic, like, big butt.
1: <laughs> no, there's no big butts. But, like, his, his facial work and some of the eye, eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the shading on some of the characters. Uh, yeah, I don't know. For for, for, for a religious uh, propaganda comic that came out in 1997... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so, don't worry. We're not going to suddenly be turning into a weird Christian cult podcast yet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you ever happen to be... Um, Re- reading a comic uh, in Parramatta Westfield's food court and someone comes to you with a comic definitely pick them up yeah. uh, can you handle the truth this comic book is radical dude its contents <laughs> are so powerful that they are guaranteed to challenge offend or even change your life don't be an Aussie ostrich with your head in the sand take a closer look if you dare
3: whoa whoa um, yeah. if you dare
1: Uh, there's a website on here called ShipInTheDesert.com but I went on that website and there's nothing to do with the comic on there so I don't know good luck finding this I think you have to uh, get it it's exclusively sold it's exclusively given away at Westfield Parramatta (laughs) in the food court on Monday afternoons Monday mornings Um, cool so now that's the end of First Things First and it's uh, time to our most beloved segment on serious issues which is flip a coin for Marvel or DC Siobhan is heads Marvel or is heads DC
2: heads is Marvel
1: heads is Marvel this week and Tales it is. DC first. Okay. I read decidedly less DC books than Marvel um, yes. this week, which is kind of an ongoing thing, but there were goddamn a lot of Marvel books, and I dropped a bunch of them because of this week. Yeah. So take that in advance, Marvel. Uh, should we talk about the books we liked, or should we talk about Justice League versus Suicide <laughs> Squad?
2: <laughs> let's start with justice League versus
3: suicide squad I don't Why dislike not? this this <laughs> no.
1: is this is like it's just it's real stupid you don't really learn that much about the, the about each character but they're balancing the suicide squad the justice League Maxwell Lords alternate um suicide squad and um the Eclipso mm. diamond which could control everybody so everyone yeah. has like a weird Great growth on their face.
2: This is like I know, like this book is moving really fast.
1: And there's a new artist on each issue, and the art is kind of getting worse and worse. I hope they wrap it up with with the same flair that we saw in the first issue.
2: Mm. I probably like this art better than the last issue. I think sure. But yes, I I wish I wish Jason Fabok had been able to commit to the. To the full series, I think
1: it's not so much that the art is bad. I think it's just it's the grey face that the Eclipso Diamond has the effect on everyone. It just makes everyone look terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, I don't think that's a great thing to have happened to your, every character in the book. Anyway.
2: Yeah, like when Wonder Woman. Oh, uh, is that in the? Is that in the Justice League issue? This oh man, week?
1: that was particularly bad. We can talk yeah. about that one next. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like I, we kind of see all of the heavy hitters in the Justice League are being mind controlled by Maxwell Lord and doing his bidding. they have actually. He thinks he's making the world a better place by, like, he takes out all the nuclear weapons in the world and then he, like, uh, puts a massive green lantern shield around the earth. Mm. Um, But
2: But people are all infected by the Eclipso Diamond. The Eclipso Diamond's influence is spreading and people are going nuts and killing each other. And Washington uh, is on fire.
1: There was a cheat in Grand Theft Auto on the PS2 games. And uh, if you put it in, all of the um, citizens just started, like, like driving into each other and just beating oh, wow. the shit out of everyone. Sounds um, horrible. And that's pretty much what happens at the end of this book. Everyone gets like infected with this rage diamond and just starts burning shit. And uh, Maxwell Lord thinks that he saved the world, but in, tra- in fact, he's fucked it up.
2: It's real bad. He did a bad job. To,
1: it's up to uh, the Suicide Squad to uh, to bu- bust in and, and fix fix Except everything. Except
2: they're not up. they're not the Suicide Squad anymore because. That's right. The only people left over are the people that Maxwell Lord apparently didn't think were a big enough threat to be of, um, to get in the way. So we've got Captain Boomerang, Killer Croc, Harley Quinn, Killer Frost, Lobo. Lobo, who I Deadshot. think. He thought he was dead. And Deadshot and Batman. And so Batman inducts them all into the Justice League because he refuses to lead the Suicide Squad.
1: <laughs> so when they boom tube in, into the White House, um,. I think it's like, you know, that, that some of them come in their classic action pose, like Killer Frost is like waving her ice hands in the air and Deadshot's got his <laughs> gun arm aimed. But then Lobo has like his tongue out, like like looking like Gene Simmons. Yeah. And Harley Quinn is doing a peace sign? Whatever.
2: <laughs> is, like this is a, like the phrase when they boom tube into the White House is like, that's how <laughs> silly this comic is. Like yeah. that is, this is a ridiculous comic. And I like, I sort of, The thing that I don't like and which probably happens more in um, the Justice League tie-in issue is I hate it when it gets like really like extreme gross. Like this would all be fine without us having to see like children beating up their mother. Yes, exactly. You know, like this is this is plenty threatening enough without having to go to like uh, like sick level. You know what I mean? Yep. Am I being really prudish? Maybe? Yeah,
1: no, no, no. I know. I agree. It doesn't quite get there in this. It's, it's the backup issue. We, we, we can talk about that now. Yeah. So yeah, there's one more issue of the Justice League versus Suicide Squad left. Will the Suicide Squad be Justice League at the end of that issue? Who knows? Some of them. Some of them. Yeah, actually, some of them. Definitely are we do Phil know. Kill Frost and Lobo. Fun. Um,
2: so the Justice League issue is all around, based around Steve Trevor, who his apparent role, like his apparent title, is Master Chief.
1: Yeah. So weird. Weird. Like he, he, he I also just, kept reading it as Halo. Master Chef,
2: and I was like, "Yeah, yes,
1: Master Chef, Chef. great."
2: <laughs> um, so he is—he's seen all of this terrible stuff go down, but seems to be seems to be immune to the Eclipso Diamond for some reason. And it's just like, like there's all this kind of horrible stuff. Like all of his coworkers in the army and everyone in the office starts like freaking out and killing each other, and then being like, "Hmm." Have you ever wondered if other people's blood tastes like yours? And then they're all just like drinking blood off the floor. And like, he's like, Oh, I have to go rescue my um, sister and my niece Nephew's and nephew. nephew yeah. And they're like,
1: There's a really like weird dancing one
2: dancing around the mother, like, with a, hot, with, her. like a,
1: with a red hot poker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and apparently, Eclipso tried to infiltrate Steve Trevor's mind in particular. I don't understand why he's focusing his energy because on the Steve Because the white Trevor. man is most important. Um, <laughs> and, but he ends up tricking tricking Steve Trevor that everything's okay but everything's not okay and Steve Trevor ends his issue infected. Um, this is real stupid.
2: Yeah, this is really silly. This <laughs> is just like a really depressing issue for no reason and like really horrible. It's trying to be like that all like, oh, the evil that lie in men's hearts but like, I don't like, like, maybe I'm just being like, I don't like to dwell on that but I also don't think that that would happen, you know? Like, I don't think that the evil that really lies in all men's hearts is that we all want to drink each other's blood and, yeah. like shit like that. Um, and the bit where he's like, Wonder Woman, and she's like, <laughs> it's like, Steve, I was wondering, and looks beautiful, and then is like, if you were dead yet, and then has grown, like, ten more teeth and has a scary eclipse her face like, it's So silly, dumb. Really silly.
1: Um, what's that, what's that uh, Garth Ennis book um, where, where everybody turns into, like, Crossed, crossed. Yeah, this is essentially yeah, what if like crossed, crossed. What if crossed happened to the DC universe? This is like PG crossed. Yeah, um, which is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> gross. No good. Didn't like that at all. No. Um, but I did like Superman fifteen. Yeah, right. Superman.
2: Who was? <laughs> wasn't someone on the Serious issues page complaining that there was like Superman's holding a bunny yeah. on the front of this, and there's no bunny in the whole issue, and that's like that's some real. <laughs>
1: Like, that, that, yeah, like false advertising. Right. But it, um, it turns out that he had not read uh, issue fourteen of this of, of Superman, right. uh, in which uh, Captain Captain Carrot was uh, was turned into a regular bunny.
2: Oh man, I didn't actually read this issue. You God. didn't read this issue.
1: What's wrong with you?
2: I it had a I Superman looked, version at- of Etrigan. <laughs> I looked at the front page so many times that I thought, oh no, I did. It's oh, fine. Good. Oh, sorry, guys.
1: It's fine, everybody. A few, it's fine, I did so read this it. is. Um, Written by Peter Tomasi and um, and Patrick Gleason, with uh, a, a bunch of different artists working on this one. Um, you have Ed Bennis, um, Ryan Sook, um, Clay Mann, and Jorge Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever, basically, whenever they go to a different uh, version of the of our universe, it's a new it's a new writer. My favorite pages are the Ryan Sook pages. Um, Ryan Sook, is so good. It's very good, but um, yeah, this is basically like a really really fun multiverse uh, Superman story mm-hmm. uh, in which he. Almost sacrifices himself at the end of this issue to, yeah. to save the multiverse once classic again. Classic Superman, just classic soups. Um But you know, it's always fun seeing different versions of of the our beloved DC characters. And I, I don't think I've ever seen the, this version of uh, Etrigan as Superman. Um, no,
2: that's heaps fun. I yeah, really, really enjoyed fun. that.
1: Although, again, not a very good um, use of uh, rhyming as Etrigan. Um, yeah, that's tough though. It, I don't know, just like put a few extra syllables in there. Fix it up. <laughs> Get your um, rhyming correct. There's no some, books.
2: Yeah, there's some good stuff in this. I, I'm, it's, it all feels like, it feels very Kirby, and the kind of cage that Superman looks like he's stuck in is full of, like, kind of, uh, what's that thing called? The Omega, that laser that Darkseid uses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darkseid's laser
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't Whatever. Know. You know, matter.
2: you guys know what I mean. Um, it has that kind of Kirby-esque edge. Um and the multi- multiverse stuff is just so fun, so I really fun. enjoy it.
1: I really hope Captain Carrot's okay though everybody
2: man, same
1: um, and we also get a little um we get a little nod to the uncle Sam universe, yes, I love the uncle Sam universe,
2: yeah, heap's fun there's also like um one of the things cause I'm not sure if it's gonna be addressing this, I feel like it is gonna be a story arc in Supergirl, but I think the most interesting thing that they've been kind of dropping hints around the d c universe about is um. The fact that Saturn Girl is in prison on Earth, and like, no one's like, obviously, the Legion are not kind of known yet in this version of the DC universe. Right. So, I'm keen to see how Saturn Girl, what that is all about, yeah, and like sure. how the Legion fit in now.
1: That, that we first saw her in prison in that Batman issue, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Really fun. So the seeds, DC. Do your thing. Come on. Batman, speaking of him. Issue number fifteen of Batman came out this week. The uh, the the second part of, of the Rooftops issue, um, in which uh, Catwoman and Batman have one last night together before Catwoman goes to jail. Um, it's written by Tom King with um, art by his uh, Sheriff of Babylon collaborator Mitch Gerards and So
2: good, so good. Mitch. is it or Garrett's? Gerard's or Garrets?
1: Um And I I uh, I really enjoyed uh, the the issue fourteen, the first of this. But mm-hmm. I loved the. Fu- this is probably Tom King's finest Batman issue yet. Yeah, this me. was really great. This is really, really. You had incredible moments of, of uh, between obviously Catwoman and Batman, and mm-hmm. was some great moments between Commissioner Gordon and mm-hmm. Batman, where he's like uh, Commissioner Gordon is like staring at himself alone in the mirror, saying, "You smoke too much. You're going to die because <laughs> you smoke too much." And he starts brushing his teeth, um, and then suddenly in the background in his mirror, you see Batman. <laughs> this is holy. And the next panel is him lighting up. <laughs> yep, so great. Um, and we
2: find out we find out the the true story behind the two hundred Thirty-seven people that Catwoman allegedly killed
1: wasn't Catwoman. Everybody. Well, the
2: Catwoman guys, don't worry.
1: Um, uh, really, another another incredible bit was early on in this issue. Um, we get the two of them retelling how they first met, mm-hmm. and uh, Batman is telling the like the Detective Comics issue from like the thirties uh... or forties or wherever the, the first appearance of Catwoman, uh, of her being in disguise. Whereas Catwoman is telling retelling Year One by Frank Miller. Uh... I thought it was really cool. Like you know, um. That's they fun. both remember it differently. That, but that's very clever. Really, really fun and cool. Um, and rewarding for, mm. for, for Bat fans such as ourselves who have read too many of these goddamn Bat books. Absolutely. But uh, there you go. So Catwoman is redeemed in a really, really great story that has an incredible ending. She still gets away. Yeah. But, uh,
2: I feel like this has shades of like the kind of Brubaker... Yes. Um, Catwoman stuff.
1: Yeah, so everyone whinging that, that Tom King had broken Catwoman.
2: Guys, chill out.
1: He just broke Bane's back, that's all. Again, <laughs> um, so yeah, Batman, really strong issue. Tom King's uh, Batman run. I think people are going to be significantly more on board with after this issue.
2: Yeah, I hope so. And now we get the start of the next issue. Is going to be I Am Bane part one. So keen to see, keen to see what happens there.
1: Definitely. Um, finally, in the regular DC universe, I read Nightwing issue 13. Hey, i was I'm a glad few. You're it. Yes, I was a few issues behind. And mm-hmm. uh, Siobhan said, hey, you should really be reading these because they are quite good. Mm-hmm. And they are. Mm. Uh, basically, a support group of uh, various uh, kind of like Z-list uh, Gotham and, and Bat-villains ha- have been in a therapy group. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when Nightwing returns to Bloodhaven... Um, they are shaken up. They don't want him in this group, but someone is kind of framing different members from this group. And it's up to Nightwing to team up with these ex-crooms to kind of save them and also save their friends that have already been uh, arrested. Uh, I think it's a really, really fun story. There's a whole yeah. bunch of like bizarre villains that I've never heard of before. Yep. The um, There's a classic dumb twist of like, you know, the, the one character who you were introduced to early in this arc that hadn't been, a sign like a character is of course he's the he reveals himself to be the enemy. Yeah. But uh there's still, enough go, there's I think, enough going like, on. It here. was still
2: well done. Like I still like I wasn't totally shocked by that reveal, but I also wasn't like expecting it. So that was kind of nice. And I Mr. really Nice. <laughs> and I really like the ending. yeah I'm, me too. I'm interested to see what like I think that um is it still, still Tim Seeley that's writing this? Yeah, I think yep. Tim Seeley's done a really good job of developing um Grayston Grayson as a character and now he's building up the kind of Bloodhaven universe and how he's going to exist within that definitely yeah now we might see a relationship forming between the Bloodhaven Police Department and Nightwing
1: she's awesome that character she's so cool the final final panel is her pointing a gun at Nightwing's head while she smokes a cigar (laughs) that's awesome saying Um, hey (laughs) tights um but yeah, Tim Sealy wrote this week, this week, and he also wrote that Justice League um, spin-off that Oh, we hated. weird. So he definitely put all, weird, put all Tim of his good, his good words into this one. Mm. Uh, finally, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Now, I had fell behind on a lot of the um, Young Animal books, and I uh, I read a lot of comics in the last week, everybody. I read well over 100 and something. Jesus. Um, but uh, yeah, I caught up on, on Cave Carson. I, I was worried that I wasn't enjoying this that much, but God, this was a good issue. This is
2: such a fun issue, right?
1: I I read someone comparing it to um, Venture Brothers, which is my favorite television show of all time. And uh, I would have to agree. It is like a uh, once great um, adventurer Mm -hmm. dealing with uh, how depressing getting old is and (laughs) being a failure. And Uh, his past. Yeah. And there are a lot of fantastical kind of elements of this book that have been referenced and kind of mentioned in passing, but we see them all come to a head here as they go to the ancient city where Cave Carson once uh, wedded a, a, a magical queen or princess or something like that and made yeah, it, made so a he daughter. married
2: the princess and they had a daughter and the, the princess unfortunately passed away um and so Cave is now exploring underground with his daughter and is it Wild Dog is that his name or yeah something mad like that dog? yeah yeah Wild Dog the guy who wears a hockey mask you all know who I mean
1: um the classic character of, of ma- ma- Wild or Mad Dog
3: um
1: <laughs> I uh, yeah I, this I, I'm really really loving um, Michael A. Van Omings um, oh, art on this. So good. Um, it can be like you know really classic cartooning, and then suddenly it will just be really gory. Um, yeah, and it, the
2: villain is like extremely icky. Yeah. Like that's an icky villain who's like needs to be milked.
1: Yeah. And looks disgusting. like he's made of like
2: gross mushrooms. Yeah.
1: There's some really clever ideas in this. Um, John, Again,
2: it feels almost like Kirby-esque yep. in like the sort of underground city and just like it's super creative really out there very clever I really like it
1: John Rivera Gerard Way uh, doing great work on this book uh, I probably my favourite I don't even know no, Shade's still probably the best Shade's still probably my you know the one I don't like I don't like Mother Panic
2: I still like Mother Panic but
1: okay. go, we're only two issues in so yeah. I, I, might, I might see if the next one sways me but uh, I'm, I'm trying to like. I haven't I haven't announced too many things that I'm dropping yet, but mm. uh, for, we're about to. That was our last DC book. At least half of the next books that we're about to re- review, I'm dropping. Um, let's start with a surprising book from Marvel right now. Uh, that I thought this was for sure going to be on the chopping block this week. Out of nowhere, Brian Michael Bendis writes a really great issue of Invincible Iron Man.
2: I mean, will we say really great
1: for Bendis?
2: For Bendis, but this is still another issue where. Like not much happens. It's a very talky issue. There's a lot of character development. I don't mind. Like it,
1: it, if if it, if the character work is as strong as it is here, that I don't mind if not that much happens. It has a stupid cliff. Uh, Marvel absolutely dominated as far as terrible cliffhangers um, this week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this this book. Um, so basically, Pepper Potts shows up and meets Riri Williams for the first time, and. Uh, is impressed by her um, and then is shocked to find out that he, she has the Tony Stark AI um, kind of guiding her every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of the back and forth between Riri Williams and, and the Tony Stark AI unit. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I don't it know. I It's get...
2: fine. It is totally fine. There's okay, a couple I, I of I things. like this. I,
1: I like, I, this is more than fine.
2: The, uh, the cringy bit, like, the bit where they have a big conversation about what she should call herself and it's Bendis being like, I don't really, I'm really not a fan of sexual identity identity as a qualifier or whatever it's like i understood what he was trying to do but it just read a little bit cringy and inauthentic to me another point is why does her costume because like obviously she slimmed down her her suit and now it's like a sexy lady
1: um iron man suit she's <laughs> not like, too sexy she's
2: got two butt like she has butt like she has a butt pads
1: does she did did tony start not have butt pads
2: well but they weren't as perky as that yeah. prominent <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah, okay. I I didn't pay attention to the art that much. Um Yeah, not, not even Pepper pots has butt pads
2: Yeah. What's <laughs> that about?
1: Um Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think I guess I really liked that interaction between Pepper Potts and, and, and Rhea Williams. A and that lot. was
2: fun and the like the sort of new character of Tony Stark's like ex rock star mum, like his Birth mother. I didn't really follow all of that. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't read any of that stuff when biological happened, but, mother, but that was like that but, was pretty fun, I guess. And that kind of it's fun to see a comic where it's like all female characters. Yeah, and Mary That's Jane was
1: really good in this as well. Yeah,
2: Mary Jane and the who's the other artificial intelligence? What's her name?
1: Friday or something?
2: Friday. Yeah, Friday. That's
1: but I she's don't. Not, sassy. not sure about Friday, but um, yeah, I, I, I liked the ex-rock star kind of telling the. The you know head of Stark Enterprises to shut up and it'll be fine.
2: This was definitely like this was definitely the best issue of this so far. Yeah, I was, it was I was reading the to best drop, yeah. thing that Bendis has done
1: in a long, long time for in me. A minute, we complain um, about Bendis a lot, everybody, and I liked this issue quite a lot. Yeah. So good on you, Bendis. Hmm. Now, now uh, I can com- I can complain about you for the rest <laughs> of my life. Um, okay, let's let, let's do some chopping block. This is a little segment called chopping block, All and right. uh, if you like these comics and. Um, and you think I'm an idiot for dropping them um, that's fine (laughs) I'm dropping them anyway we read too many comics it's all personal taste guys first in the chopping block everybody is issue 3 of Venom by Mike Costa and um, Gerardo Sandoval I kind of had this weird thing where I thought I liked this in spite of the stupid hairdo but I just think it's just dull it's just a dull story
2: I sort of find it the thing that I find compelling is the fact that this is a Venom who has been used to being a hero and he got used to that and quite enjoyed that and started being a good guy and now he's like bonded with a real deal villain and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to kill people and so he's trying to stop like it's that kind of internal fight which i find kind of I almost like, I interesting, think that's interesting
1: but it's done not that well and i and like i don't know i just i just find like now now he's teaming up with a He's, you know, he, he just wants to be the biggest bad guy of all time, but now he's being forced to team up with an FBI agent to do what they want him to do. Also, Black Cat is the antagonist of like five Marvel books at the moment.
2: She's everywhere.
1: Um, she's, the, she's the main, main bad guy in, in Venom. She's the main bad guy in the latest arc of Hellcat. She's been prominent in Power Man and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I'm sure there's more, but she's everywhere. Yeah. Silk
2: yep she's making she's making her name post um post Spider-Man
1: uh so yeah Venom I'm out
2: I think that's fair I might still read the next issue but we'll see how I'm feeling on the day
1: (laughs) Gamora issue number two Um, I was very excited about this because it is written by Nicole Perlman Perlman, who originally wrote the Guardians of the Galaxy script um and uh art is done very well by Marco Ciceto the uh cover is all the covers of these is done by Isad Rubik Rubik sorry Rubik Rubik is B it's Rubik isard Rivik nailed it. Um, and uh, I do like the character of Gamora, at least from the uh, Guardians run that Dan and Andy Lanning did, but uh, they've made some weird choice to set this as like a prelude to all the Guardian stuff. And while we're getting these great, you know, Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon books where they're grounded on Earth, this is like just set in another time era. It's confusing and I don't, I'm not, I'm not enjoying it at all. So I'm, I'm here for this. I'm out. You didn't even read the first of this, right? This. <laughs> so yeah. that's an easy. that's an easy one to go. Sorry to Gamora. Um, this may shock you, Siobhan, but I'm finally pulling the trigger on a book that I know you dropped a long time hey, ago. Hey, all right. Kate Leth and Brittany Williams' uh, Hellcat. I've, I enjoyed the first 10 issues of this book yeah. a lot. I mean, I, I was mostly reading it because I think Brittany Williams is such a great cartoonist. Yeah, she's brilliant. Um, but uh, the last arc did nothing for me. It was about um, Black Cat Um, she had like these claws that could help her, like she could mind control people. So she mind controlled a bunch of Hellcats gang and they were doing robberies around the city and things just got resolved like way too neatly. And it just like... That also sounds boring. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very cutesy book. It's, it's for a younger reader for sure. Um, but, uh,
3: I've,
1: I think I've had my fill of this book. I like a lot of books that are, that are, that are for younger readers. Absolutely. Um, We love uh,
2: Goldie Vance. That's like a... That's an all-ages book, definitely. And that's Britney Williams, you know.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I've, I've had my fill of this one. Fourteen issues is, is a good, is a, is a good. Okay. The- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
4: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Did a
2: good run.
1: So, unfortunately, Hellcat, time to go. Um, and is that it for the chopping block? God, I hope there's more because I. There was a, this is a lot so of dang. books this week. No, you know what? There was a lot of good books this week. Yeah, like like. Um, I've been kind of getting over Nick Spencer's Captain America stuff, but this issue of Captain America, Sam Wilson, I thought was awesome. Um, Daniel Acuna came back for it.
2: That was like That's the best thing about it, definitely, is having Acuna back on the book. This is such a, like, talky-thinky book.
1: But that's fine. That's like, it's, fine. That's dealing totally big, fine. Big but he's also
2: dealing with it in, like, the least subtle, most ham-fisted way of all. Like, that last issue when, like, those protesters are like this is a safe space except for you and like all that kind of shit. Like I, I I find it quite grating and I don't think, I, think I don't that, think that, he's handling this stuff in like a subtle or clever way.
1: That was him trying to even it out a bit and make fun of the left. Cause he, you know, spends a lot of time criticizing the right in this book. Um, this, I thought this issue was, was good. It was like, like, uh, Sam Wilson, uh, his, his, his pal, his on again, off again, pal rage has been arrested by the AmeriCops and, um, rage says he was he, you know he, he was unfairly arrested he's innocent and um sam wilson actually has evidence that proves that he is innocent and so it's kind of like a big debate about whether or not he should give that footage to media
2: i mean it's like like that's all like that's all fine and good and that's all good social commentary and i appreciate that and like it's so beautifully drawn but the, the, the way they got the footage Is because he can mind control all birds And he has a psychic link with all birds
1: But that's Falcon they, Falcon I know. can do that
2: Only recently
1: well, anyway, like, What else are you going to do with that bird power That everyone ignores I know, but it's silly I'm okay it's with it.
2: like, yeah I don't know There's something Nick Spence is a weird man
1: <laughs> This is, of all of his books right now This is easily my favourite of his books It's like more than The Fix I like it more than yeah. Hydrocap. Cap
2: Uh, I probably like Hydro Cap more. I think the Hydro Cap has a more compelling story arc.
1: Hmm. I just want Sam Wilson to win, everybody.
2: Yeah, of course. But it seems like the way Nick Spencer writes him is as a perpetual loser.
1: Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, that means when he does finally win. Oh, baby.
2: It's going to be good.
1: Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to keep that on uh, for a while. Uh, I'm even keeping on... I don't know why I'm, like, slogging through it. The Clone Conspiracy book that... um, You just have to. Jim Chung art on this is... This is, like, one of the best-looking Marvel books of the moment. Totally. And the story is inane. Like,
2: yeah. It's pretty silly.
1: It's captivating enough. There's some great moments in this between Otto Octavius, a.k.a. Dr. Octopus, and um, what was the girl? That Anna he, Maria. Anna Maria. I, I really liked their, their moments together. Because, yeah, that was good. Because she is, you know, detested by Dr. Octopus. Um,
2: no, Doctor Octopus loves her. She yeah, Doctor Octopus
1: yeah, exactly yeah she yeah. So but you know he's trying to win her favor, win her back, and she was she wants nothing to do with it. But then there's a kind of that's a kind of cool dynamic within this. Um, yeah, and you
2: sort of see like you have a better idea in this of what Ben Riley's like big big evil plan is, and you see the creepy weird town that he's keeping all of these reanimated um, Spider-Man characters in. That's pretty that's pretty weird, and like it's so funny because like. Everything, everything in Spider-Man comes back to the with great power comes great responsibility and in this like the big moment where Spider-Man realizes that Ben Reilly is wrong and that he shouldn't reanimate the corpse of Uncle Ben is because you have the means the power but no responsibility yeah. <laughs>
1: well because yeah he, he, he would never bring back Uncle Ben because Uncle Ben would only have eyes for Peter Parker I don't know that, that's weird but... yeah that was weird uh, but if the penny finally drops and um, ma- the, the the jackal releases some weird virus that takes out everyone who's a reanimated person already is that what happened or is it, or is everyone just turning into a zombie?
2: Uh, I think it's like spreading so it's not just the people who were reanimated now it's also like this crazy virus. It's a-
1: and Anna Maria is one of the people that get it. yeah, she yeah. starts
2: she starts coming down with Yellow being a hand. zombie. <laughs> Now it's going to be a zombie book. Yeah.
1: There are some dumb dumb final pages in Marvel this week, as I said earlier. This one was kind of dumb. Just that screeching noise as everyone turns into zombies. Um, the Probably the, the funniest one was in um, in Hellcat. Um, like, she resolves the story, and then she sneezes, and then all these gold bars turn into fish. And then one of the characters goes, uh, guys, and that's the end of the comic. <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck that's, that means. I'm not going to stick around to find out. Shimon, you want to pick the next next comic we're going to talk about because I think they're all good from here on in
2: yeah pretty much um, you know what was a big surprise to me because I didn't I didn't heaps enjoy the first issue is issue two of um, Chip Zdarsky and Chris Anker's Lord?
1: definitely I'm still very surprised at how unfunny like, it's, as in like there are very few jokes yeah. in this book and the, the, the humour is so much more broad than what we're used to from Zdarsky totally but yeah I definitely enjoyed this way more than uh, issue one
2: way less sex jokes <laughs> Where well, what? Sex jokes. then like the sex criminals yeah.
1: Which is apparently going to be a TV show now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's been on the cards for a while. I didn't know. Um, yeah, this is like, this was heaps more fun. So, Star-Lord has to do community service because he was caught on the street with a gun. And his community service is to, like, go and be buddies with an old guy who's in the nursing home. Who's in a nursing home and needs friends. And so, Star-Lord's like, well, come on an adventure with me. And they go and, like, stop a murder or stop a bank robbery or something and yep. get in the way of Ms. Marvel, which was very funny. Um, and yeah, just, I thought this was, I thought this was really fun. And the ending is that this guy who he's, um, the old dude who he's community servicing with, his he gets his son to give him a job at the bar that he works in. But the bar is like a hilarious underground bar for supervillains. Yeah. We- so now we get like this hilarious Star-Lord is a bartender yeah. storyline as well, which I'm really into. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's it is baffling to me that he that he's like just slumming it on Earth. Like it makes I guess yeah. It, yeah both him and Rocket both have these alternate like you know we this 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 planet sucks yeah um, storyline going on. But no, it was a really entertaining and good book. And, and
2: Chris Anker is so good. He like, draws, he draws really... a ridiculously
1: beautiful Star Lord
2: and a ridiculously good old man. Yes, like that's a really detailed cranky old man. Who would you I rather go
1: on a date with, Star Lord or the old man? Old man. Okay. I think everyone saw that coming. Always. <laughs> so, yeah, Star Lord, doing really well. Both those Guardians books, the grounded, you know, the, the yeah. Rocker ra- R- R- Raccoon and Star Lord, are both really, really great. Um, I really enjoyed World of Wakanda this week, Same. written by Tarnahisi Coates with Rox- Roxanne Gay and um, um, art by um, Aletha E. Martinez um, with inks by Roberto Poggi. Um, this is just a straight up romance book that happens in between uh, big events that have happened. In Wakanda, across Marvel Comics, last like five years or so. Um, so, sort of
2: retelling the events of what's gone down in Wakanda from the perspective of the Dora Milaje. Yeah, so and and
1: and how how the how members of the Dora Milaje, who are like, you know the 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 adored ones, the personal bodyguards of Black Panther, how they've kind of fallen out of like basically like they're, they're become disillusioned with 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 Black with Panther the and, and lost lost faith in the monarchy because. They've allowed the previously, you know, un- see Wakanda and die was the motto. Like, you know, you, hmm. the, you, you, no one could attack Wakanda, but it's been attacked like five times in the last couple of years yeah. since uh, um, Avengers versus X-Men, I think, was when Namor flooded it. And then uh, Thanos sent his cronies to it a few times during Hickman's run too. Um, this uh, follows um, our two two young lovers, Ao and Aneka, Um and uh, there was a really beautiful moment. They, they kind of take some time away from the Dora Milaje to go to New York, and yeah. um, they're just having a really beautiful time in New York, where it, you know they can freely express affection for each other, mm-hmm. and they find that very liberating. And um, uh, Aneka is mo- more reluctant to kind of be outward about her relationship with Ayo, and Ayo is quite hurt by that. But after they um, kind of get some unwanted attention from some douchebag dudes in New York. Um Aneka says like, you know, now apologize to my girlfriend. And this is beautiful. They they use thought bubbles in this comic I like really to such love good effect. Bubbles. And Ayo immediately thinks she called me her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I just, like that, that was, was such a good perfect. moment. That was yeah. so
2: sweet. I really loved it. I think this is like this is a really clever book. It's really um like all the stuff is, like even though you already know all the stuff that's happened in Wakanda—it's still like engaging and compelling. Seeing it from this perspective, their ongoing relationship is like lovely, and because we kind of know where they end up by the by the time the Black Panther, the current Black Panther series starts, it's it's fun to see them get to that point.
1: Definitely. Um, when the Black Panthers the Tana Coates Black Panther series started, one of my biggest complaints was just like, who the fuck are all these characters? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was so hard to follow. But I would almost recommend. You know, if you find yourself a year from now wanting to get into this Black Panther universe that is actually expanding again, um, there's another Black Panther comic called The Crew, oh, cool. um, which oh, cool. is a massive team-up book between like Luke Cage, Black Panther, Storm, Misty Night, mm. and um, Manifold, um, Australia's own Manifold. Australia's own. Manifold. Um, I think def- it might even might, might work to start with this World of Wakanda book, mm. so you know more about echo and Ao before you read Black Panther. Um yeah, that, this is a great book and I I think the, the little Black Panther corner is one of the best things happening at Marvel right now. Absolutely. And, and so cool. Like can you believe that like a month or two from now there are going to be three Black Panther books coming yeah, out a month? That's amazing. I never thought that would ever happen. It's so I never cool. thought
2: I'd see the day. But
1: then Tanaheesey Coates is like, you know, the highest profile writer working at Marvel right now. Yeah, and absolutely. He's obviously keen to do more. So that's great.
2: Yeah, so good. I'm so glad that he sees the value in this sort of thing and appreciates
1: so we, it. We mentioned Luke Cage in the uh in, the, in, in the, the crew book, mm-hmm. but he, uh, one of his books, Cage, finished this week, unfortunately. Richard, written by uh, Jendi Tartakovsky, this is a ex- profoundly different version of Luke Cage that you'll find anywhere else at Marvel, uh, harkens back to his his roots as a blaxploitation-esque kind of character, mm-hmm. but this is drawn as like a classic, uh, you know, fairly uh, technicolor, almost drug-influenced character. Uh, 90s cartoon uh, actually created by the same guy who did like Dexter's Laboratory and stuff and like that. Samurai Jack, so Samurai it's definitely
2: Jack. got like tones of um, Samurai Jack while also having more of a sort of I don't even know how to explain it. I love this so much, and I don't like I don't have the vocabulary to explain what it is that I love about because it. But like, it's
1: so simple.
2: Yeah, but it's so like like the faces and the the little little movements, but then also the like. Way his face morphs, and yep. all the different weird characters, and In it's the so brilliant.
1: R- ridiculous language used within the narration as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and like so. Basically, we see like a you know th- this this uh, this old character is kind of uh, kidnapped a whole bunch of different Marvel heroes, and is pitting them against these animal creations that he's made. Um, and one by one they all get taken out. We see Dazzler get taken out. We see Brother Voodoo. We see Ghost Rider, like, ride his bike directly into the fist of a bear. But uh, Luke Cage is the only one strong enough to take all these big, strong animals out. And so finally he goes against the uh, his kidnapper um, who's been training for years and years. But there's this is brilliant bit where Luke Cage refuses to listen to his, um, to his introduction of himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, so he, he knows nothing about like he just looks like this like weak old man to Luke um, and uh, so when he starts kicking his butt he just kind of takes it for a while and then he's like Luke Cage never gives up and then we just get some glorious panels of Luke Cage beating the snot out of this old man and then he goes back to New York and there's a surprise party for him.
2: Which is my favorite ending to superhero comics of all time.
1: Everyone should get surprise parties at Everyone the end of the Everyone should get a
2: run. surprise party. Like, he's sort of walking back and like, I saved the world. No one knows. No one cares. And then arrives at his favorite noodle place, and Cyclops is there, and all these other people Yeah, it's the best. It's so an
1: awesome, awesome uh, lineup of, of superheroes drawn in uh, Jendy Tartakovsky's incredible um, cartoony. Yeah. So great. So great. This I will ho- be
2: such a good one to pick up and trade and, like, give to people.
1: Definitely. Uh, so yeah we could we could not recommend the cage run uh, anymore. I wish it was longer, but Same. apparently we had to wait like twelve years for, yeah, for this in it's, its own form, so <laughs> this
2: project took so long to come to fruition that I feel like we will not be seeing Jedi Tartachakovsky doing a monthly comic
3: again.
1: Holy shit, time. you know what we haven 't talked about yet. Uh, oh my God, Black widow number ten true uh, Chris there's a massive week for Marvel, Chris Sumney and Mark Wade uh, with Matt Wilson on colors. Uh, this has been a a bit of a slow burn um, getting to this point and uh, a lot happens in this issue. Mm. Uh, we have Bucky and uh, Natasha, okay, Black Widow, going to the moon to visit um, the being that Nick Fury Sr. is now, the unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, has, he has a message to tell um, Natasha. Um, and there's some incredible work between uh, Bucky and, and Natasha. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they have a romantic history and Bucky obviously wants to return to that but... Natasha kind of, you know... Natasha
2: doesn't have time. Yeah, exactly. Romance right now, boys.
1: And there, one of, the, one of the characters meets a particularly grisly end, one that I did not think that Chris Sumner was capable of portraying. Yeah, I like, know, right? There's some, there's some really heavy shit in this comic, actually. Um, but uh, we're two issues away from the end of this. Um, I posed a question on the Serious Issues Facebook group this week, which is uh, facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues podcast. We're coming close to 500 members on there. That's crazy. Which is awesome. Um, so please come join us if you like talking about comics. We, uh, Siobhan and I talk on there way too much, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week I asked, now that uh, you know, Chris Sumney and Mark Wade, obviously they've done Daredevil in the past, they've actually done Around the Rocketeer together as well. Yep. But um, Black Widow ends in two, two issues. Siobhan, who would you like, which character in the Marvel Universe would you like them to move to next?
2: Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, who's someone who isn't being taken advantage of at the moment?
1: someone suggested uh Fantastic 4.
2: Well, yes, if they did like a period Fantastic 4 book, that would be that would be unbelievable. Yep. That would be the best.
1: Um or even just a book featuring the Fantastic 4 members that are still in continuity, so a book a team up between Human Torch and um Ben Grimm?
2: Yep, that would be great. I don't know. I feel like they could do I feel like they could do literally anything. I would yeah. be excited to see them take on anything or anyone anything? they've done Anything. Full Killer by yep. Mark Waid and Chris Samney. I'd read it.
1: Gwenpool by yep. Mark Wade and Chris Sumney. I'd read it. Um, Deadpool. I will the that they I by-
2: will <laughs> read anything that they do together. Anything that Chris Samney does, I will read.
1: Yeah, Samnee's so good. One hundred percent. He's some of the like you know just his some of the facial stuff that he does is amazing. There's a great I'm
2: so like cinematic. It's such incredible storytelling.
1: The man, the, the moment. Without review, revealing too much, but the moment. Where the lion reads Nick Fury Senior's mind and learns everything within is so fantastic. Yeah, so one panel where you're like, Oh my god, I just wanna know everything he just learnt.
2: And I love that this is like this is a really it feels very high stakes, but like this isn't a world saving mission. This is a mission to save like twelve small girls. Yes. And I really love that. I like I like that this is a specific adventure that's happened. Well, I mean, it,
1: it, it's not just 12 small girls. It's 12 small girls who, who are assassins who are assassins and could effectively take out all of the world's leaders. I
2: mean, yes. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <clears throat>
1: um, so, yeah, fantastic book. I know you're not reading it, Siobhan, but uh, while we're talking about Mark Wade? this Avengers Point oh, one yeah. series that, that he's been doing with um, uh, Barry Kitson. Mm-hmm. Um, in which he tells a, a story in the early days of the Avengers in which Captain America, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver had to replace the uh, original Avengers team. Um, it started out like a classic throwback, but it's got a really, really dark edge to it that I've not seen. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's like it's like a really great, it's like a spooky edge. Okay. Um, so uh, basically like, you know, like the... the their, as, as it's the first time teaming up and they're hopeless um, and the world was in love with the original Avengers lineup and has no time for this lineup. They like Cap, but they don't trust Hawkeye and they sure as hell don't trust two mutants. I mean, fair so enough. when they were doing a recon mission in the last issue, um, they found a, uh, a woman who can basically her superpower is that she can boost, boost the powers of people that she's around. Right. Okay. But in doing that, she so basically they found her in like a um like a you know a, a isolated island mm. place um and uh all of the like basically when they, when they found her she left and then it kind of panned out and you see all these locals like dead perished and oh, and all the energy sucked from their body and so she's boosting all the all the avengers powers and like they finally like they 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 take out um The tinkerer, like, in lightning quick speed, and it's really impressive. Everyone's like, Mm. "Oh my god, they've done it! The Avengers have done it!" And then, in a hospital nearby, every single patient has died, and all the energy has been sucked out of them. That's
2: really heavy.
1: It's, but it's it's done so so well, and like, this is unlike any of these comics. I've, I've loved, I love it. They've modernized it. It's like, it's not, it's not like. New 52 Dark. It's just like there's this like grim horror yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. level to it that I've not seen in an Avengers book before. I think this is really, really cool.
2: Yeah, that actually sounds fun.
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't think there's maybe two more issues of this run left. It's really, really great. It's like Avengers 1.1, 1. 1, 2.1, 3.1, 4.1, yep. and 5.1. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll just get, be in a trade and I'll we'll call it something and I'll just be able yeah. to recommend that. But yeah. uh, if you're picking these up, uh, how good are they? They're good. I like them. Um, USA Avengers. Did you read issue two of this? I did. Uh, what would you think, mate?
2: Let me try and remember.
1: This is uh, Al Ewing with um, Paco Medina, uh, who I think is f- far and away the best thing about the book. I love his art a yeah. lot.
2: You know, what? I thought this was fun. Yeah, because I, yeah, 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 I like fun. this book.
1: I like this book. Um,
2: I like the kind of alternate universey stuff. I yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: We both gave up on New Avengers. His last run. Um, and uh, I, I went back to it and was like thoroughly impressed with how insane and fun it was. I don't mm. think. Did you, did you actually finish it?
2: No, but only by like a couple of issues right. only because I forgot
1: to. The, the the ending was really really satisfying. In this one, we see uh, Roberto's uh, aim group. We uh, what is it? American ideas mechanics. Yeah. Um, uh, infiltrate a um, a private party which is being hosted by the Gold Skull, gold the Golden Skull, who is uh, from another universe and has come to our universe to pillage artifacts. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Just a real like great like just a straight up like baddie. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, um now they're now they're trapped in a room surrounded by like robots controlled by the golden skull. Fun. Yeah fun. Fun stuff. Um I don't understand... I don't I think it's really funny that Squirrel Girl is like sexy in this. Yeah, Because yeah. she's she's not in the I mean that's just Erica Henderson, the way she draws doesn't you know, she doesn't She's a in what sense
2: in do you do you find her sexy though?
1: Um, is it the tail? No. Yes. No. But she's like in like a very like uh, tailored like tight suit, and her, her her teeth aren't the enormous teeth that we see in uh, the Skrill Girl book.
2: Look. Oh yeah, but I mean, she's like she's also wearing flats.
1: Okay. All right. So you that, know what that I mean? Like, I feel it. like she's, she's wearing still. Flats. <laughs> That's all it takes, guys. <laughs> that is funny though. That's hilarious. I didn't notice that. See? Yeah,
2: she's the only one not. She's the only chick not in heels.
1: That's awesome. That would be great if uh, Roberta Costa was in heels though. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a fun book. Yeah, um, pretty fun. Uh, where else have we got? i got three more Marvel books here. looks like you've got four. Why don't you review Mosaic?
2: Yeah, I still like Mosaic. I think it's already been cancelled, which makes me sad. Damn. Um, but so this issue has basketball star Morris Sackett um, inside the brain of Peter Parker, which is kind of fun. because he an, he's,
1: he's not an actual... Oh, no, he's, he's the character of Mosaic, right? Yeah, 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 I thought it was another Jeremy Lin thing.
2: No, no, no. He's a character, um, Mosaic, and so his body is currently in a coma, uh-huh. and his father has just um, pronounced him dead to the press. Yep. And there's some weird stuff going on, like his dad's involved in some weird shady stuff and has been controlling his life from afar and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but Morris is still very much like, nah, he knows what's best. He needs to, I need to get back to him. and to figure him out. And there's a whole bit where he's... He's jumped into Spider-Man's body because he has kind of like Jericho from Teen Titans' powers, Um, and Spider-Man's just standing like still on the wall while this kind of interior battle goes on. Because there's whole sections like there's huge bits where you know he can he can see everything, all of the all of the battles that Spider-Man's taking part in. He can absorb how intelligent Spider-Man is, and you know all of his like crazy scientific discoveries. But the bits that are really cut off and that are protected really strongly. Uh, all the bits about his family, right, and all that kind of stuff, and it's kind of interesting. And it's interesting because you, you, I sort of assumed the whole way through that this was going like Spider Man has the ultimate comic book lesson, which is with great power, etc. Um, and Morris finally sees that he finally sees Uncle Ben, and hears the lesson, and just goes, "That's your big secret? No way! <laughs> that sucks. You've got a gift. You have to flex it." Um, so I think that'll obviously like come back when he's, you know, sure. the end of the arc will be him going, no, I think you were right, Spider-Man. I do have a great responsibility. Um, but I, I sort of, I still enjoy this. I'm, I'm sad if it has been canceled because, um, I think it's a fun new character and I think it's a clever idea.
1: But I mean, you can always just bring him into the Inhumans books. Totally. Yeah.
2: Easy, easy peasy.
1: Um, speaking of Inhumans, the uncanny Inhumans, number 18. This was an unbelievably good issue.
2: This was is such a good issue.
1: Uh, written by uh, our favourite writer, Charles Suley, um, <laughs> with uh, art by Kim Jacinto. This uh, focused only on um, Maximus the Mad, mm-hmm. um, who is uh, Black Bolt's insane brother, and quite often the, fr- the, the, the main source of frustration for the Inhumans.
2: And who's been off-grid for a little while. We haven't really seen what he's been up to.
1: Well, no, he, he, he played a big hand in... Uh, their revenge against Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. He was the one who blew up Stark Tower. But since then? That was like a month ago. (laughs) No, that was ages ago. Was it? Um, So this is him teaming up with uh, two imprisoned... Inhumans that he found that he just assumed would be would be interesting because they were interesting enough to be arrested Um, their lineage and the unspoken and he uh, pretty much immediately finds them to be quite useless but then he's basically like Maximus is just bored and looking for something to do Mm. and then he sees that um, the X-Men are having a fight with the Inhumans and he basically works on a plan to uh, bring Terrigen crystals back Yep. Um, and so he finds the formula for that and that's exactly what he's going to do um, he's done. He's written so well.
2: Yeah, and Maximus Mad is such a fun character. Yeah, like, yeah, really brilliant.
1: Agreed. Uh, so this is going to be a continued in the next issue of Avengers versus. Sorry, of uh, of Uncanny and Humans. It looks like they they are just going to focus on on Maximus's plans, and while the Inhumans versus X Men books do all the other bullshit that. Who cares and it's his about.
2: decision to be to be a hero. Which is always fun because it'll be interesting to see what he thinks being a hero is.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is great. Really, it, it, lo- no. it looks like yeah, it looks like he's going to be a good guy. Yeah. So
3: yeah. Good For a little X. while at least.
1: It's Axis all over again. Remember <laughs> Axis? It was everyone loved that. I um, finally, uh, in the regular Marvel Universe, The Ultimates Squared by Al Ewing and uh, Travel Foreman, uh, issue three featured my favorite uh, of the of of Travel Foreman's artwork so far, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Basically like we we are reintroduced to character from Marvel, um uh a character from Marvel called um I don't know what the hell he is. Uh, Jim Tenson, who is a, me- a, a member of a book called uh New Universe Justice. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, know I don't even know what you, have you never read New, New Universe, no, have you? Know. No. Um but uh he he's basically brought in by the by the one of the founding members of the Ultimates team, um, Philip Vault, to kind of create a team that monitors the Ultimates team to make sure they're not working together again. Yeah, which is exactly what they're doing, Siobhan. Guys, you so, should
2: be more secretive about it.
1: Um, so that that's that's kind of fun. This this chase between two teams um, to try and you know stop the Ultimates from working together again and try and arrest them all. But meanwhile, while that's happening, um, order and chaos. The uh, the beings within the, uni- um, Marvel intergalactic universe, the, the cosmic, the cosmic entities known as order and chaos mm-hmm. have killed the, um, what's that guy's name again? Who do they kill? Um, God. the tribe, the living tribunal. They've killed right. the living tribunal, um, to, in, in their attempt to reshape the universe. Now that Galactus is no longer the destroyer, he is the life bringer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so he, so now it's like this much bigger thing and, and, and Captain Marvel works out that they're, they're actually all working for Galactus. Amazing. So that the, the super cosmic side of this is really great. I hope this doesn't get brought into the Hydra stuff when the Hydra event happens. Oh, yeah, I same. want this just to remain off world, big crazy space stuff. Just give so. us one crazy space book that this stays is what's in space.
2: Like, this is a really fun book where Captain Marvel really works.
1: Don't, she's awesome in like, this she's book. She's great in this team. Yeah, yeah. She
2: totally works. And I loved the ending of Order and Chaos kind of consuming each other and becoming Logos. Yes. And that's such a sick design. Yeah, Happy amazing. It's really allowed to like do some really crazy stuff on this book, yeah, really Yeah, some amazing fun. stuff
1: on this book. Really, really great book. Really enjoyable. Finally from Marvel, Dr. Aphra, number three, written by Kieran Gillan with art by Kev Walker. This book is fucking amazing. This is
2: so good. And I love it because Dr. Aphra in the Darth Vader book seemed like such an unrepentant bad guy. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun, just like a straight-up bad guy book, but Dr. Aphra is now... We're sort of... As we get to know her, you sort of like her more and she's more sympathetic and you sort of understand her a bit more. Um, you see her relationship with her dad and, yeah, just heaps heaps good. Yeah, really, good stuff. As well really as, like, stuff. good just Star Warsy stuff. Infiltrating, mm-hmm. you know, infiltrating secret bases, using Wookiees, <laughs> droids, all that kind of all stuff. All that
1: classic gear. Yeah. Uh, this was awesome, awesome fun. And Kev Walker's art is just... A tour de force. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, her her, her uh, indestructible Wookiee just taking down, like, wave after wave of, uh, of stormtroopers yeah. was very entertaining. And uh, I like that they've, um, they've added depth to her character too. She's not, she's not just a bad guy anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she saw the light while working for Vader and has mm. escaped that and now she wants to be bigger.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: Really good. Such a, like, it's so nice that this is just a straight-up new edition to the Star Wars universe and it works so well.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
2: Man, it was so funny. We had Queens of Kings last night and some of the girls are like like hardcore Star Wars fans. Yeah. And they're still like there's like they're still grieving for like all of the stuff that's no longer canon. Like all the girls who are really into the like the novels and the Knights of the Old Republic and all that stuff, they still just like they can't talk about it yet. It's too it's too <laughs> raw. It's
1: too raw Um yeah, uh, I, I really hope that people who are Star Wars fanatics are giving this series a chance because I think it probably is one of the strongest things to come out of the Marvel Star Wars stuff so far.
2: Absolutely. Agreed.
1: Cool. Uh, so those are our Marvel and DC reviews. A whole stack of them. We've only got one more stack of comics left, and they <laughs> are image. What else have we got? And Some image Misk. books. And yeah, Misk, our favorite publisher, miscellaneous. Can we talk about my favorite comic of the week? Yeah, you've already got you've got one monkey comic that you're going to talk about, but I want to talk about the most important monkey-based comic in the game right now. Uh, Terry Moore's Motor Girl number three came out. Um, We've loved every issue of this, but this one really cemented it as a very, very incredible exploration of PTSD and Mm -hmm. and like you know the need to kind of address. Um, you know your your inner anxieties and and the things that you project to kind of get you through hard situations. So, um, if you've seen any of the covers, you'll notice the enormous gorilla alongside a um a a female mechanic. Um, The mechanic is the main character in this. She is a war veteran, and uh, she basically uses this monkey as her imaginary friend uh, to kind of get her through tough situations. And it's we learn how extent the extent of how tough some of those situations were. She was a prisoner of war.
2: And she's still suffering from really, really bad um, migraines and headaches and all kinds of unexplained um, bad stuff. But the thing, like, this comic is so fun because the second you think you know what's going on and you think you know what lives in reality and what lives in her head, they change it on you again. So, like, there are all these um, aliens that were showing up and we kind of assumed that they were in her head and not necessarily... um, not in reality, but in the end, the CIA or not CIA agents, whoever these bad guys are, who are trying to buy the scrapyard that she works in, um, they get abducted by, they get yeah, abducted by the right aliens. aliens. So what? What's going on? And I like that this kind of links this series with Strangers in Paradise yes. as well. Like, that's funny.
1: Yeah and this has really made me go Okay I need to go back I need to read Strangers in Paradise Like ASAP yeah, That's going to totally. be one of my goals for the year Is just to read everything that Terry Moore's ever done Because yeah. this, is, this is the first book by him that I've ever read Yeah and same I'm loving it and It's so good I, I feel like a damn fool for not reading anything before this
2: I know Jim's been shouting at me for years to read Terry Moore oh, And I've God. always just gone no, there's Just like Savage Dragons <laughs> Shut up
1: Jim so and and amazingly like Terry Moore publishes this himself through his own imprint abstract studio like
2: which I think he did with his last book as well Rachel Rising
1: yep I just find it really really cool and it's black and white and like it's unlike anything you'll find on the stands today so if you're listening right now order that shit in buy it on digital if you have to but support this comic Terry Moore deserves your hard earned cash he really does um, okay, another um, publisher that we don't talk about that often put out a really great book this week, one that uh, Siobhan raved about when it came out, um, the first issue came out a few months ago, sorry, one month ago. Uh, it's out through Titan Comics. It is called Hookjaw, and it's about Woo! it's about a big motherfucking shark.
2: It's about big shark, guys.
1: So Hookjaw apparently was a pulp comic character.
2: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Um, and uh, Titan have kind of taken this franchise and kind of breathed new life in it with this uh, creative team of Cy Spurrier and Connor Boyle. Um, this is uh, about like a research team um, who, and then it's about also like CIA ops who um, are trying to save the research team from, from pirates. Um, and all, all, while these two, all these groups are kind of like, you know, coming together and meeting each other and squabbling, squabbling there are massive sharks and that's what the, uh, the researchers were looking for in them to begin with. And the meanest shark of them all is Hookjaw and she has an enormous uh, harpoon through her head.
2: And this is the big reveal is that everyone always assumed that Hookjaw was a male shark and at the end of this they realised that Hookjaw, Hookjaw is a she.
1: And uh, in her review of the first issue, Siobhan talked about how cool it was to have the narration, the thoughts of the sharks. Mm. Uh, and I would agree. It's one of the coolest things about this book. Yeah,
2: especially the end is like blah, really icky and horrifying and it's so good. Yeah. Like and the- I love, like, I love the, the back pages are all like shark facts. Yep. So fun. I love it. I love it because it's like it's a horror shark comic that is really sympathetic to sharks.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: really clever. It's really, really brilliant. It's a um, great book. Yeah. is excellent.
1: Um, Archie this week. Archie number 16, uh, featuring Cheryl Blossom coming to Riverdale and uh, infiltrating Veronica's life while she is stuck skiing in the Alps.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, are you a Cheryl Blossom fan, Siobhan?
2: Yeah, yeah, I am. Like,
1: are there any Archer characters that you are not a fan of?
2: No. The longest silence yeah, ever really, on Serious Issues. Yeah, I really had to think about that. Not off the top of my head. Like, there are some that maybe haven't been given, like, a good intro or haven't been around for long enough to make a connection with me. But Cheryl is, like, Cheryl is... She's not a character that I like because she's, like the character everyone loves to hate. She's, Mm -hmm. like, the ultimate Veronica. She's the Veronica, because Veronica is sometimes sympathetic, and Cheryl even sometimes is sympathetic. Like, in that weird future story arc where she had breast breast cancer. Um,
1: (laughs) The classic that everyone loves.
2: But, like, it's it's fun to have a character to hate. And um, she doesn't really even show up in this issue until, really, until the very end, because the most of this issue is about Dilton creating an app, which gets sort of turned wrong by Reggie. Um, so it's like a rating app where you could rate anything and Reggie turns it into an app to rate people.
1: Especially his teachers. <laughs> um, I like that they they really, um, really are built on uh, Dilton and Reggie in this book. Totally. Like their characters expanded quite a lot. Um, and also Simi- uh, Smithers, um, the uh, the butler, Yep, um, ha- had a great interaction with Veronica. Um, I really, really like their relationship. That's really sweet. Um, one character that has just kind of existed in Mark Wade's Archie book so far as Saeed, yep. who had a small role as like... Uh,
2: Betty's the, boyfriend. Betty's
1: b- potential boyfriend.
2: I think they were. The
1: kind of dating. Um, w- while uh, Archie was dating, dating Veronica, and it looks like the first thing on Cheryl Blossom's agenda is uh, she's going to hook up with Said. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing Said more and learning more mm-hmm. about his character. Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
2: but I think this was like... Cause- I think this did a really good job of, um, like, Archie should have lessons, to, for want of a better word, because it is like an all-ages comic, you know, mm-hmm. and it's aimed at teens. And I think this did a really good job of, like, pointing out potential evils of social media without doing it in a really heavy-handed, like, awkward... So, what are hey, saying is, we Nick Spencer
1: could learn a thing or two from Mark Wade.
2: I mean... Mark Wade has not been the king of subtlety in the <laughs> last um, last year or so. He's
1: good on this book, though. Yeah, um, I enjoyed this. So, is Cheryl Blossom's last name Blossom, or that's just her like her two first names?
2: No, Cheryl Blossom. That's so, her her, name. her, her, brother's, her brother's name brother's is Jason, Jason Blossom. Yeah, Jason Blossom, the Blossom twins, the Blossoms.
1: <laughs> um, and that that nineties show, Blossom nothing to do with nothing the Archie to do. Oh, nothing damn. to do with it good I mean, where, where's the Blossom comic
2: man the Blossoms is so fun as well because if you read the other like horrifying Archie books like yeah they have this like really icky incest relationship it's the best I love um,
1: it yeah, we haven't talked about your favourite comic of the week, as, as, as told on the uh, King's Comics Facebook page. Oh, yeah.
2: No one else would do pick up the week.
1: Um, and to. that is uh, Black Panther. Sorry, Black Hammer. Black Hammer, giant Size annual. We've really loved all six issues of Black Hammer so far. Mm-hmm. This is Jeff Lemire um, teaming up with an, a who's who of uh, artists that he's mm. worked with in the past. Um, Dustin Nguyen, who, uh, he writes, he does Descender with, um, Emmy Lennox, who he did Plutona with Mm -hmm. Nate Powell, who I don't know if they work together, but Nate Powell has a very similar, um, drawing style to, to Jeff Lemire himself. Um, Matt Kint, who they've collaborated with together on, on, on various projects, including Mm -hmm. stuff over at Valiant. Um, Ray, Ray Fawkes, Dave Stewart, Michael Allred, most excitingly. Um, and, uh, and Charlene Kint, Matt Kint's, uh, wife, um, this is a, an anthology comic strung together by uh, that the Colonel Future Man. Yep. What's space, his name? The Space Guy. The Space okay. Guy. Um, and he basically sees visions of the, the past and the future involving this weird space entity that um, has affected each character within Black Hammer in some way.
2: And it shows up and it's apparently shown up on everyone's timeline. And so he's going back and exploring and trying to figure out what's going on.
1: Um, that's a fun little device like yeah. you know it's, it, it, you could just create this as any other issue of Black Hammer really Absolutely. but within it you get these um, strange stories drawn by different artists featuring each of the characters um, and
2: it just does like this is Black Hammer is so like it's just one of my favourite series now and I think it, this issue did such a good job of like it's not it's not an essential one but it does such a great job of fleshing out these characters and their histories and the universe that they sort of existed in before they came to yeah this new world it's really clever really well done
1: definitely yeah I uh, I, I you learn a few things so, so mark marks the the, the the Martian manhunter yeah um, analogy definitely gay
2: yeah I think that's I think that's pretty explicit yeah
1: which is really sad because uh, the girl Gail Gail is in love with him yes and probably has no idea
2: there's so much heartbreak yeah yes, yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. There, we've seen in the last couple of issues that you know he's like oh there's someone else and it just breaks her heart or like you're he said like you're a little girl or something like that and it just destroyed her like like taking taking such like classic sort of golden age superhero tropes and doing something really clever and interesting and heart-rending with them
1: yeah definitely um speaking of jeff lemire and dustin Nguyen, descender issue 18 came out are you still reading descender no it's really good i know this is like the like uh almost like um, lemire's version on like Astro Boy or something yeah I um, should I should catch up with it uh, you definitely Seems should like slow it, it well the last like six issues or so were very slow a lot of backstory and character uh, exploration and now we're right back on track with pushing the plot forward so uh, a, good, right. a good a good place to catch up and, and jump back on on um, another book returning from a, a long hiatus is Black Road, um, written by Brian Wood with art uh, by Gary Brown. Brian Wood put his name last on this book, so I was like, oh, shit, it's a new creative team. Yeah. But then I realized it's Brian, Brian Wood's on there. That's this is uh, the pagan, uh, kind of like pagan assassin mm-hmm. story, I guess. Um, and uh, everything that we that we like, like basically all the first five issues flips the beginning of the story on its head. And so now we have, you know, a... The two, two, two characters that were working together Are now against each other mm-hmm. And uh, the main guys teamed up with, with someone from his past And we learn a lot about How they were both raised And um, the extent of which they, they'll, they'll go to To achieve what they want to achieve um, this is going to be a very, very fun next next uh, arc. Absolutely,
2: because the bad guys in this are Christians coming to sort of force their religion onto this the pagan communities.
1: And they do that by finding like artifacts from that apparently you know, like you know, like relics. And and so the the big relic that that, that, they're, that they're that they're shipping into this area is uh, the the this, the sword that that stabbed Jesus Christ himself mm. when he was on the cross. Australia's oh, number one Christian podcast. <laughs> Christian propaganda podcast, serious issues. Um, yeah, Black Road, really, really sick. Great artwork by uh, Gary Brown, and um, uh, really good storytelling by Ryan Wood. Um, should we just get through all these, all these image books because there are a Absolutely. bunch of them. Absolutely. Um, another returning book that I don't think you read either, so I just got to one very really quickly. Yeah, go for Manifest it. Destiny, written by uh, Chris Dingus and uh, Matthew <laughs> Roberts. Yeah, Sorry. I know. Dingus. Have I ever laughed about that before? That's funny. <laughs> um, I read. I binge read um, all. 23 issues of this just before issue 24 came out because uh one of our listeners steven um from somewhere in the states uh will continually harass me on the page to read this book (laughs) it works guys it works that's how how you get it done everybody um jim if you're listening i'm not going to read all of savage dragon um but uh manifest destiny is uh basically follows the uh these you know fictional tales of lewis and clark the great explorers who traveled from one side of america to the other um in this comic they encounter monsters and all cri- kinds of m- mystical weirdness um and uh looks like the the big the big bad in this new series is going to be uh, a fog that makes you hallucinate and kill everybody oh great so lots of fun you also, get, you also get a backup um, story in this, which kind of gives you the uh, origins of uh, the Native American character that they're kind of escorting from one side of America to the other in their right. travels. Is
2: she, is she actually Sacagawea, or is it just a?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, know. I'm not familiar with the, with her name as a character. Or... Yeah,
2: she, like that was a real, that was a real human being who genuinely led Lewis and Clark across America.
1: Oh wow, because she's portrayed as like the, the hero of this. Yeah, comic, yeah, basically. she is a hero, yeah, like, yeah, totally. Cool. And um, she's pregnant in this. And she's nice. she's had to do some 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 bad things in her past that we're kind of we get hints at within mm, this. Cool. So yeah, this is fantastic. Really, it's a really really cool and different book. Um, it's it, it's a lot slower now than it was uh, in its first arcs, but you know it's kind of earned the right to do that.
2: Mm, absolutely.
1: IMO, um, an image book that I did not like this week. Rockstars. Yeah. number two: Joe Harris and Megan Hutchinson. Uh, I love the art.
2: Yeah, the art's definitely like an amazing thing about this, and I would love to see. Like, I would even like. I like. If I could just read it without words,
3: <laughs> I love the I think concept. This would
2: be a great... Yeah, I love the concept. I love the like w- the visual world that Megan Hutchinson's created. I think it's like a beautiful looking comic. I think it's like stylish and dark and weird, but it's I have no idea what's
3: even. Going yeah, on. I,
1: yeah, I just see exactly. Like it's like a it's a, it's a, it's a it's a young wannabe detective who specialises in rock Music. and roll mysteries yeah. from the past. Except it becomes a book about demons, and not very like interesting demons at that. Um, yeah. I, and it's very easy to get lost in this story too. Um, I don't know if it's because I wasn't taken by the, at all, or or, or if it was confusing to read, but uh, I won't, I won't be sticking around with this one.
2: Me neither. I don't think, which is a shame because that art's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um, best
2: image book of the week though. Yes,
1: let's do it. Talk about it. Tell me what it is.
2: Kill or be killed. Issue five by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips and Elizabeth brightweiser This book is so good. Yep. I really love this. Um, I don't know, like, in this, like, it does the, the same thing that we've seen in the other books, kind of a jump forward and back in the narrative. We see various elements um, picked up at different times. We find out what the what our lead has been up to since we last saw him. He's taken up boxing mm-hmm. so that he can actually protect himself. His relationship is not going well with the girl that he was um, stooping behind his flatmate's back. <laughs>
1: stooping, the first use of the word stooping on this podcast. <laughs>
2: You're here to hear not so
1: Christian now, are yeah. we? <laughs> um, uh, then we. Uh, then he then bumps into an old flame, and yep. uh, things are looking good for the dude. Especially when he bumps into uh, a known figure um, who ripped off hundreds of people with a company and, and led to the basically destroyed a lot of people's lives.
2: An easy kill, one that he doesn't feel bad about, um, and he's starting to feel less bad about every kill as he goes.
1: Um, and uh, he's, he he's, he's not really seeing the demon anymore, but he senses the demon's presence, uh, kind of. Laughing at him as he, mm. as he as he realizes that he actually enjoys killing mm. uh, and then uh, as he decides to track down this easy kill um, he gets himself in a ma- in a mess um, It's brilliantly told the story the the, the 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 having the device of this character actually talking to you yeah um, as, as as it's narrated is is done really really well and I don't think it's been done in an Ed Brubecker book before. No, Um, this
2: feels like something very different for this team. Like, it's still a crime comic, mm -hmm. but it's unlike any of the other crime comics that they've done before. Yep. And it's so clever, and it's so brilliant. And they, like, they. in the back sort of material, he talks about the fact that they hope that this is going to be the longest series that they ever do together. So it's so interesting to, like... I don't know where it's gonna go.
1: Yeah, I think Fatal was like forty issues, right? Yeah, this is gonna so. go
2: this is gonna go further than that. And if you haven't been reading this, guys, the first trade is now out. So you can go pick it up. And it's so worthwhile. This is unlike any other comic book on the shelves. I know we say that a lot, but it really is. And it's like beautifully illustrated in the colours by Elizabeth Brightweiser are so so beautiful. I
1: mean, these three—they're the best team in comics. Yes, they're the best. Like you know, I, I see your Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples, and I raise you, Ed Brubaker <laughs> and Sean Phillips. They are—you know—they've done so much classic work in the past, and this is yeah, again, unlike anything they've done. Um, you know, they're older creators too, and this is like they you know, effortlessly capture younger dialogue. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, they're not
2: trying to be like,
1: "Hey, cool guy." Yeah. Catch you on the flip flop.
2: See you on Tinder.
1: Bimbat. <laughs> Um, that was me doing an impersonation of um, like half the writers working (laughs) DC right now Um, final image book I read uh, another binge read for me I'd, I'd not read one issue of this series before and I saw that it was coming back after a small hiatus so last night and this morning I read 13 issues of They're Not Like Us uh, written by Eric Stevenson art by um, incredible art by Simon gay yeah
2: the art's the best thing about this this
1: book. is a great team too um, colors by Geordie Belair and I think this is the best book that Geordie Belair works on for her like yeah. the best colors she does and then uh, also great letters and design by Phonographics uh, so it's an incredible image team um, this uh, book is unique in that the story begins on the front cover mm-hmm. each, 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 uh, each month you you actually recommended me read this, like when we started this podcast.
2: Yeah, I know, and then I've fallen off. Um, not not intentionally, not because it was bad, but just because I read so much and I always found the plot a little bit confusing. And it was one of those ones that I was like, "Oh, I need to go back and reread it um, from start to finish." So I actually am following what's going on. So I'm keen to hear um, what do you think.
1: I think this is a really cool series It's about yeah. basically uh, there are there are a bunch of people in the world that are not like us. They have uh, psychic abilities and uh, and older psychic ability man rounds them all up in a house but he's a bit of a fuckhead and uh, so they rebel against him and um, they escape and now there's like two teams operating solo but then there are other people with abilities that track them down as well so it's a whole mess of characters lots of characters in this mm. um, on Simon Gaines art it's beautiful and also Siobhan will always comment on uh, how great it is to see artists that really capture fashion really well yeah. I think this more than, more than almost every comic uh, just does does fashion and the, you know i think a lot of that is to do with how good geordie Belair's colors are as well mm-hmm. um this is a, a really really great great book with lots of excellent female characters um a really really fun and twisted narrative but um uh yeah i think it definitely would read better in trade than than month to month especially with these delays but i'm gonna be reading it month to month now nice i like this book a lot Awesome. it is so That'd it's so right? funny when you're like when you sludge through like you know, 20-something superhero <laughs> books and then you read, like, a bin- binge-read, like, an image book or, or, or you know, cell phone one. You're like, oh, my God, why well, don't know, I only just read this. Yeah, totally. But then you read a good superhero book and you're like, oh, that's why.
2: No, my faith is justified. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: So, those are our image books. Do you read any other image books?
2: No, that was it. That was it for me, for image.
1: What else have we got on the list?
2: Slam by...
1: Not me slamming.
2: Pamela Ribbon. Yep. ribbon And um, with illustrations by Veronica Fish. This is the... Um, roller Derby comic. It was really interesting. I was talking to one of the girls at Queens of Kings and she was saying that when she grew up, Roller Derby it was like wrestling. Like, they all have characters and backstories and rivalries and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that makes wrestling fun, which I didn't know. Where did she grow up? Uh, she's American.
1: Yeah, right. Cool. Awesome.
2: I'm not sure where exactly, but yeah. Um, but really interesting. And I like this book. Like, I think that its it sort of meanders. Like, it doesn't have a really strong plot. It's kind of just like stuff that these two female like roller derby people are up to like we see them we see them progressing in the sport we see their friendship develop we see their lives kind of happening but it's not really plot driven it's a
1: book about their friendship yeah it's like that world of wakanda book like the last thing i was expecting it to be was a straight up romance book yeah but this is a book about friendship and how sometimes being friends while you're busy and you you know you have you share similar hobbies sometimes you know even though you have things in common with people that actually makes it harder to stay friends with them Hmm. and um i think this is this is this is a really, really good book.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really good fun. It's really nice to read. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this. I
1: couldn't care less about um, roller derby. I mean, just because I know that... nothing about it. It's the same. I, I know about it as much about it as I do about wrestling. And so, I, like, my, two of my favorite books this week were a wrestling and a and a roller derby comic because of the the friendships and the drama within.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Like, this is a good, fun book. I would recommend this to, like, teenage girls and teenage boys and teenagers everywhere.
1: And dads. And dads. Learn what your teenage daughter is going to (laughs) do when she gets into roller derby. (laughs) She's going to have a hard time keeping friends, Dad. It's going to be hard. She's going to have a lot of bruises. But she'll get there.
2: She'll be fine in the end. I think. Um, Is that all you read? Yep. I also read um, Christina Faust and Gary Phillips' Peepland Issue 3. This is, like, the sexy, sleazy... um, kind of grind housey crime comic. Yep. Yeah, pulpy. Um, about sort of uh, strippers who work in those, like, booth things.
1: It's pronounced
3: "grippers." It's
2: pronounced <laughs> Sorry, apologies. <laughs> um, I like this comic. Like, it's sort of grimy and horrible, but it kind of isn't, like, it doesn't, you don't, Dislike the characters who are in these positions because of what they do. You know what I mean? I think that's partially because it's written by a former stripper, and um, it's quite sympathetic. Like not not like sympathetic. Like oh, their lives are so hard. They're just they're just presented like they're humans. No, they're it's presented just, it's, it's like they're regular people. Like yeah. it's a job, you know. Um, so this is all about like a young boy who is the son of one of the strippers who has been um, wrongly accused of murdering someone in Central Park. And it's just about them trying to prove that wrong while a whole bunch of other stuff happens. There's a lot of characters in this and it can get a little bit kind of hard to follow what's going on because there's quite a few plot threads. But um, I think it's compelling and it's it's pretty good fun. I quite like it.
1: If you'll allow me to, uh, to quote from Fair Dinkum. Oh, yes, um, please. The religious uh, propaganda comic that we were given earlier this morning. A prostitute who does the best she knows will be saved in preference to, the, to a theologian the- theologian who makes excuses for disobeying. There you go. So there you go, writer of peatland. Tell going tell the good tale.
2: Straight to heaven. Um, I enjoyed this book. If you like sort of hard case crime, it's a good one.
1: Should I always have fair dinkum on hand to like yeah, share, we should reference share it. references of wisdom? We should wisdom? reference
2: it constantly. I mean, I don't know how you're going to reference it um, in regard to my next comic, which is Kong of Skull Island, <laughs> issue seven by James Asmus and Carlos... Carlos Magno with the colors by Jeremy Lawson. Um, My favorite thing about this is the art. This is like some crazy Amazonian Technicolor monkeys fighting.
1: It reminds me a bit of like James Stokoe in parts. Yeah,
2: yeah, the colors very much remind me of James Stokoe, but, um, and like the level of detail as well. I really enjoy this. This is about the sort of people who exist around the Kongs who. Sort of live with them, and they help each other. You found, you found a good. You found a Fun. good. Tract.
1: People people can tame all kinds of animals, but they cannot tame their own tongues.
2: Wow. Okay, that's actually really relevant to this, <laughs> because this sees a wild Kong who previously had hurt some people. Um, sort of apologize almost for that to to the humans, um, and then go back out into the wild and finds like a baby Kong. But then the evil humans are going to try and try and kill kill the newly good kong it's good it's good guys if you like kongs i think this is good fun i
1: dropped it because there weren't enough kongs in it
2: this is this is maximum kong okay right it was
1: it was there was all was all human no apes in those first issues
2: now this has got a lot of ape got a lot of ape got a lot of dinosaurs it's great fantastic really good fun
1: those are our books this week all (sighs) of the books uh that's a lot of books and uh you know what you know what's happening this week a lot more books are coming out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wrote down some of the ones that I'm looking forward to, um, and they are lots of books. <laughs> um, obviously, we mentioned earlier the commandi Challenge, uh, the uh, Jack Kirby, um, the brother of Joe Kirby. Uh, Jack Kirby's, uh, like, basically inspired uh, book over at DC with incredible creative teams doing challenges based in Commandi's world. Uh, there's a new book coming out, um, through boom, sorry, through uh, yeah, through boom, called um Lady Castle, which oh like yeah, i really keen fun. to
2: keen to read that, which
1: I assume is about a lady who is also a castle.
2: No, it's about there is a castle called Man Castle, and then all of the men go away to fight in a war and die, so it becomes Lady Castle, that and all the women sick. have to protect the castle. Although
1: I think my idea is also cool,
2: also good. <laughs> I kind of almost thought it was like, what if Frank Castle was a lady? Yeah, lady right. Castle, sure. lady castle. <laughs> like Franken Castle, Lady Castle. <laughs> Um o one thing that's really cool is that um a book that I've probably mentioned many many times um on this podcast they are reprinting Greg Rucker's Checkmate. Yes. Brilliant. That's great, great news for, for everyone. The first
1: trade that comes out this week. Um and up. uh we got a few weird superhero ones. Um we get uh Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77.
2: Great. That's so team I can I can't, no can't wait
1: to read only the first of that one. Um <laughs> and uh a little book that uh, I, want, I want to shout out. I didn't give props to it when the second one came out. It's called Comic Book History of Comics. We've been talking oh, a yeah. lot about Kirby cool. this issue, and uh, this is like a, it's an incredible history of comic books, and uh, it does some great stuff in telling how Jack Kirby came, you know, came came to came to be working for everybody and being the most inspiring comic book creator that ever was. Awesome!
3: That's um, really exciting. It also
1: talks about comics around the world, but uh, the third issue of that comes out this week. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, it's just it's a history book, you know. Yeah. So you can pick up any issue of it and just learn about a specific window of history um, about the medium that we speak about for two hours every week.
4: Cool.
2: We also get new issues of Doom Patrol and Ether.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Very exciting. It's a good favorite there. And Wonder Woman, uh, that the story continues with Liam Sharp back on art. Great. Yeah. You've been listening to serious issues. My name is Levins. Oh
2: wait, hang on. I have one thing. Sorry. Her name
1: is. Oh wait, I have one thing. Sorry.
2: <laughs> um, I just wanted to. But you're hearing it here first, guys. Image are celebrating their 25th anniversary of um, coming together of a bunch of dudes who had enough, had enough with the big two, and they wanted to create their own company. And so, Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and all those greats,
3: great Eric Larson.
2: <laughs> Rob Liefeld, the greatest of all time. You had a hip Um, But they are, so to celebrate that, Image are doing a whole bunch of um, image signings around the world. If you're in the States and you're listening to this, check out your local comic book store because I can guarantee they will probably be doing something. But um, because we're in Australia, we have one of our personal favorites and brilliant image comic and DC comic artist, Nicola Scott, coming to King's Comics to do a special signing. So that's happening Wednesday, February the 1st, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., Come on down. It's going to be great.
1: Get your black magic.
2: Uh, yeah, get your black magic signed.
1: Because just in time for the return of that next
3: month.
2: And Nicola is unbelievably generous with her time and her knowledge. And she's always keen to talk things through. And she always brings a big folio of her works because she hand draws everything, guys. She doesn't do anything on computer. So you can literally pour through her beautiful work with your dirty, dirty hands. And it's <laughs> amazing. <sighs>
1: My name is Lev. Yes, sorry. Her name is Siobhan, and you can find us online, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast, or join our group, facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast. We love talking about comics with you all the time, so go and do that. You can find us online at serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter. I'm at Levdog on Twitter and Instagram, and Siobhan is at CBG. That's me. Uh, send us an email to serious issues at kingscomics.com. We get one a year, and we'd like that to be increased somewhat. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Stay serious. <laughs> doesn't sound good when I say it. Now I know how you feel. Yeah, thank you. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at YoLevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week.
3: (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.